podcast art is something else. Isn't it? It's pretty good. The Beats Monstrosity. The Beats Monstrosity. Oh, what? Check it. Yeah, the the podcast art's pretty good. It's, it's based on uh, somebody... It's based on a screenshot Sayara saw of uh, the DLC outfits for Persona 5. Uh, so I guess I'm the squid girl. Yeah. Excellent. I forget her actual name. There it is. Futaba. Squid girl. Squid girl. That's, yeah. ba- that's basically <laughs> what Futaba translates to. Um, <laughs> yeah. I worked on the localization team, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, it is a can of a singular beat. It just says beat. <laughs> beat. <laughs> Open it up, it's just like for the first, just a beat. It's like for the first 45 episodes that Sayara did artwork for, like he just wrote sock cast. (laughs) So, like, the first 45 album arts are wrong. (laughs) I never had the heart to tell him until I corrected him on episode 46 or something. (laughs) Like, hey, you know, there's like another S in there, (laughs) there's like three of them. Excellent. I was that was validating when I sent you the mushrooms, and I was like, "So is this awful too?" No, mushrooms are bad. Oh, even mushrooms are bad. What? Oh, did you say rad? I said rad. Okay. Oh, why would I say they're bad if I told you that I eat them? I know, right? I was just like, "What?" Oh. Next, John is going to be like, okay, well, what about these mushrooms dipped in a no, I'm not gravy? It's not <laughs> I don't want and it's Cheeto not... dust, Cheeto dust, and it's got to have beets in there, and beets. Let me get I some uh, some cheddar cheese in there. Let's see yeah. that. I can't actually make something that sounds as bad as the beet monstrosity. No, you can't. <laughs> like that's what reason. makes it truly terrifying is that the beet monstrosity is a real thing that John allegedly consumes. I restocked my beets and the cottage cheese because I was out of both <sighs> yesterday. It only took like a week and a half to. It's pretty wild. Very delicious. I and then I found, I found sunflower seeds at the Walmart, so I can have those more regularly now. Just eat those every day if I want. Mm. You're, you're gross. The thing <laughs> is, the thing is, I can't be. Brett was like, oh, I know John will try to make things, make it even worse. And it's like, no. The the John brand is that it has to be sincere that when I am when I do stuff that's awful, when I like a game that's awful or like a food that's awful, I have to really enjoy it. Yeah. And then that's what makes it, that's what makes it really terrible. If I was just trying to squip y'all out, then it wouldn't be funny anymore. No. Like, then you would just be, you know, an internet tryhard. Exactly. Mm, <laughs> Bacon wrapped hot dogs. Man, I don't even want to think about food right now. Let's stop talking about food. Oh. <laughs> it's like I had a lot of food earlier and it was great, but now I'm just like, I don't know. I still feel real. Ugh. Hey, can you all hear my dishwasher? I started it with... I meant to not start it, but then I started it instead. No. We would love to hear it more, though. We think that would be kind of what brings the podcast to the next level. Would be... 
Just go set your microphone on top of your dishwasher. Okay. Really? Though, here, just like I'm gonna mute for a second, and then you'll and then I'll unmute, and then you can tell me if there's like a loud dishwasher. All right. It's gonna be a fun experiment, everybody. Hold on. You already muted. I know. <laughs> Do you hear a difference? Yeah, there? we can. Yeah, we can hear it. Jeez. You can hear the dishwasher. All right, I can pause it. No clean dishes for this boy. No, no, you gotta ha like like the the. I, w would it be like the droppings of whatever that shit is that he eats that stay caked on the plate? Those oh, are the best Jesus. part. You just dried. like you just like you let that you let that dry out and you scrape it off into a potato chip bag. <laughs> so it's beet juice mixed with cottage cheese and uh, the dressing. salad dressing. Yeah. Uh, Specifically French dressing. Just, be it crusts to the plate after a few days. Starts it gets gets a little pungent, but after that yeah, that's when that's when I wash them off. I'm not a too that much of a slob. You're not. Damn it, I'll turn that vibrator off. <laughs> no, that was me, Raniac, sorry. I'm just staring at my phone because it's got a picture of Big Nep on it. <laughs> nice. That's just it... which one? It's um, it's a really nicely detailed picture of her in Nep gear. Uh, yeah, it's a really cool pic. Leggy, it's leggy as fuck. Oh, are they holding hands? No. Are we starting the podcast? Uh, yeah. Welcome, episode eighty-four of the Soxcast, <laughs> starting just like we always do. I'm your good pal, Polly. Welcome. <laughs> this is an episode where, at any moment, we may or may not have a special surprise. Um, <laughs> I like to do things in a planned fashion, but the people that I like to host podcasts with are terrible at plans. Whose last name end in fire? Yeah, their last names end in fire. Weird how that seems to run Which in the family. Oh, huh? <laughs> Weird, huh? <laughs> so, how's everybody out there doing in Internet Land? We're here. We're gonna do this again. Don't worry. We're not gonna talk about Delta Rune first, so you can still listen. We'll save that for last. Uh, we'll, to we'll my media virtual later. right, he's still living that VR porn life. <laughs> he still is. It's Rhett. I think I've just about wrung that one dry. Oh, if, you know, in all senses of the word. <laughs> they got to make a sequel or something. That'd be cool. I don't but think they're going to at this point. I don't think they are either. And Sony in Japan is like being weirdly anti-porn right now. Yeah, they're really like they're, they're they're starting to censor a lot more stuff now. Well, they're doing it by like sending it to America and being like, hey, "Is this okay?" Also, like we're making indie developers answer in English. That seems whole thing seems like a mess. It yeah. I didn't mean to get all political all at the start. 
I, I, I did some reading on that, and it just seemed real fucking weird. It's like, yeah. oh, great. Like, good. You know, like, I'm, 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 I'm a bit on the SJW side, but I think a lot of the dumb shit that gets called out in video games by SJWs yeah. is stupid. <laughs> Don't let these people be in control of video games, please. <laughs> How's Matt going to get his VR porn fix if this happens? On, on PC. It's all on PC. Cause yeah, I was about to say, you get nothing. the next VR thing. And then suddenly, oh, the whole world of, <laughs> and which one is it? Android? It's the, yeah, the PC one. You get the whole world of VR porn there versus the carefully curated selection offered by Sony yeah. Japan, which is just, which is just at our live free, right? Right. right. Dead yeah. or live extreme beach volleyball free. <laughs> yes. It is the beach volleyball one, right? Yeah. It doesn't have beach volleyball in the title anymore. It's just Extreme Three. They used to be Extreme okay. Beach Volleyball, but okay. but there's still beach volleyball in it. It's very important for Game of the Year naming conventions. So oh, we, Jesus! That we have this down, right? I yeah. don't know what my Game of the Year possibly looks like right now. <laughs> well, you better start thinking because there's not God, know. not that way. much time left. Um, I'll have to get that email forwarder reset up because we're on a different oh, right. post now. So yeah, you might want to start thinking out there about your <laughs> top three games of the year and maybe wanting to write a little bit. Look, if y'all, <laughs> if y'all write fucking paragraphs this year, we're condensing it. Yeah, <laughs> fuck y'all. You didn't want to sit there and write 12 paragraphs about why this game means so much to your dog. <laughs> Boy, there's a lot of disdain for, that John has for our audience. Weird. Because of the laughing? I laughed because Beepner suggested CrossCode should be number one. There you go. And I, I, and I laughed at that. That was very nice. That's going to happen. Wow. Just calling it out already. We're just going to have the deliberations right now? Yeah. All right, let's go. To my media virtual left, it's the SoxCast's very own Fluffy Boy. It's John Thayer. Hi. Hi, John. That made me happy. Okay. What's up, Professor Toothpaste? Doing pretty well. You know? Doing very well. Yeah. Yeah. How you feeling? Uh, a cup of water. You feeling? You That's feel, pretty you, much it. I yeah. Just, is that I it? have some red wine I might crack open later. I'm just, I'm living. I had a great weekend. I've got a day off next week that I'm just going to relax on. I'm, hey, I got I'm one of those great, too. Great old time. Go vote. I'm completely just, you know, I'm healthy. I feel great. Um, just living my best life. You know? You're like the it's exact great. opposite eating of Eating lots right of now. delicious, eating so much delicious <laughs> food. Oh my God. It's great. What was that weird fried rice thing that you tried to make? Well, I that looked terrible. A, I, I I fried the rice while it was still hot out of the rice cooker, and that was my mistake. That, that was, was a crucial mistake. Bad, so just bad move. Yeah, I just turned into mush. Yeah, it tasty looked, mush. It looked dreadful. I, you couldn't pay me to eat that. Yeah, I mean it. it the taste is good. It's just the consistency is paste. It's, it's like it's a nutrient. It's paste. like mashed potatoes, but rice. Yeah, well, you know, I like mashed potatoes. Hey, that's not so bad. Silver linings everywhere. John Thayer. Thank you. I'm, I mean, I ate like two more bowls today, and I ate enough last night to make myself feel sick going to bed. I was like, oh, why did I eat so much 
horrible pace. I don't think I don't so think good. I don't think that you felt sick before going to bed because you ate too much. I think it's just the 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 eating part that that, that made you sick. <laughs> I feel fine now, so I, I think I'm doing okay. I just like patted my stomach with all the rice in it. Like yes, you're doing <laughs> good. All is well. Do we? Oh yeah. You are so gross. <laughs> <laughs> You are just unapologetically gross. <laughs> just learning to make myself food that I enjoy. So, you know, every now and then you get a mistake. It's not all hits, like the Beats thing, <sighs> like which is just good right away. I'll figure it out, you know. That's why your stomach is hurting. Every time. I don't have any Beats, just the, just the rice today. No, every stomachache you should just blame on that thing, no matter how yeah. long ago you ate it. Yeah, I, I ate this awful rice concoction I made. It was about three weeks ago. Woof. Nah, not Oof. feeling the greatest right now, let me tell you. It's like bubblegum. It stays in your stomach for like seven years. That beats <laughs> monstrosity. Well, I know that Polly wants to keep talking about food, but after five, does stop. <laughs> yeah, after five seems like he really doesn't want to keep talking about food. I wish I had a picture of John's monstrosity handy. Oh, no, you really I'd don't. Flash it right on screen for everybody. To, the beets or the rice? The, probably both. But I don't, okay, the I rice, don't, I'll admit, was bad. So Yeah, I don't have them saved locally, beets, and it's too are... much effort, though. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's illegal to save stuff like that to your computer. Yeah, you're not allowed. Like, I can't be caught with that. I, I don't even know if you could broadcast that on Twitch and not get banned. <laughs> I think you would. It's <laughs> a good five minutes of rice content. I'm I'm feeling this. Yeah, we did it. We did it. We did it. We bantered. Boom. Oh my god. We fucking Aww. did it. I mean, last last time I visited, John was just in the middle of a chili week, and that was pretty okay. Thank you. My chili is great. I, I, I played video games. I played video games. Okay, John. Yeah. I did video game stuff. Okay. There you go. What's that? That's what I did. <laughs> is that is that it? That's it. <laughs> what, what, what game did you play? Oh, um, well, when we were here last, like, I, I, I was just like kind of cruising into the final few hours of Persona 5, mm. uh, and I wrapped that up. Boy, that game's got a climax to it, let me tell you. Um, like, treat you right? Pardon? Treat you right? Oh, absolutely. I, 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 I've heard I've heard people complain about the ending to this game, and I think that maybe they're com- that, that maybe they're complaining more about maybe the overall length and how long it takes to get there. But again, I still feel that other than that one awful, terrible spaceport dungeon, um, and that whole little chapter where they introduce Haru and things like that, I think that part of the game is bad, but uh, the ending knocks it out of the fucking park, both uh, like from a thematic point of view, like the themes that they're trying to get across, um, and, and, and like the character arcs make a whole lot of fucking sense. Uh, and that that is especially true, like in the uh, uh, the the confidants or social links, as they're called, or uh, yeah, or they were social links. Now they're confidants. Um, like I feel that those have a much stronger emotional payoffs as well. Um, mm-hmm. They feel a lot more. I, I think that they have the the benefit of feeling a lot more natural because you're dealing with um, like a group of people who are basically outcasts, and it's kind of easy to write relatable stories about outcasts 
you know, relating to mm-hmm. other outcasts. Mm-hmm. So they work that angle really well, and it kind of makes them all kind of seem really important to one another and um, kind of just like the previous Persona games during like the really big emotional points of the game, like if you've maxed somebody's confidant, there will be like an extra special scene or something that happens like during the big thing that's happening where they're just like, oh man, I sure hope my bestest buddy in the world who told me all the right things that I wanted to hear for five hours, uh, I hope they're doing okay. Um, but yeah, like, I think it really knocks that shit out of the park. It also, it also does some really, like, throughout the whole course of the game, it's got this very light meta layer going, um, like, cause at the start of the game, you agree to a contract, um, and you have to agree to the contract or the game will just not let you play it, which is Uh really good. (laughs) Um, like, it's just, you basically have to acknowledge that anime is real. Love that shit. I love that shit. But it's it's really well done uh, in, in, in the way... And I'd been kind of skeptical of how they were going to tie this in. Because it's just basically, like... They don't reference it a whole bunch in terms of, like, gameplay. It's nothing that you can really affect. It's all kind of just uh, story-based. But there's just, like, this meter you keep filling up throughout the course of the game. And then it gets to a certain point, And it, things start going crazy! And they find really fun narrative ways to make that dumb little meter that's on every loading screen mean something. And it's just like, I think that's really fucking cool the way you did that. Looking cool, Persona 5. Um, I really like meters that fill up throughout the course of very long games. Yeah, per- Persona 5's is really, really good. And... Um, good. And, and, and there's, like, a, another layer added to it with regards to, like, the questionnaire you have to fill out at the start of the game that, like, you have to read into it a little bit to understand why it's it's a super fucking cool moment. I explained it to Rhett um, via DM mm-hmm. a while back, and uh, he seemed to think that it was just, like, a really cool way of kind of, like, tying this illusion of player choice into the way the narrative continues to unfold and how you you get written into a corner um and it it all comes back to a certain few key moments that Mm. really land super fucking well um but man that game's super good like i i mean I'll, i'll still throw atlas under the bus for their really shitty representation of queer characters and shit like that um but you know a good game's a good game and like persona 5 kind of like you know it it has those couple moments with the predatory gay couple that are real fucking gross but i knew were coming so i was just like hey i got a skip button i can press it and skip this scene (laughs) entirely fantastic (laughs) um good lord like it's just like it goes as fucking anime as you expect it to, and with a game that's got as much fucking style as Persona 5 has, like, they know how to use that style. Like, there's a, there's a really great moment um, at the end of Persona 4 where they're kind of hinting toward that, like, change in attitude and style where, um, uh, there's 
Persona 4 spoilers here, by the way, uh, yeah. for anybody that hasn't okay. played it. But, like, um, during the final boss battle uh, for the true ending of uh, Persona 4, you get into a situation where all of your party members get sucked into hell, and it's just the main character left. And um, it gets to a point to where the boss literally just cannot kill him for some reason. And it's just because he's resisting out of sheer will. And, like, you get, like, one final attack and you use it. And he just, like, it just snaps to this cutscene mid-battle where he just, like, fucking throws off the glasses, points, and a big-ass fucking attack <laughs> goes off. It's like, Persona 5 is that moment times 50 Jesus. <laughs> With regards to how it just goes completely all out for its climax, and it's just so fucking good. Like, it is such a hype moment, and it spends its time earning that moment. Um, and I think that if, like, if you've never played any of the Persona games, or maybe even Shin Megami Tensei games, which I know is sacrilegious to say for some people at this point, I know I've gotten a lot of shit for equating Persona to Shin Megami Tensei, even though both Persona 3 and 4 say Shin Megami Tensei right on the fucking box. And they um, have the same battle system? A lot of the same and rules. Same fusion the, system? The, the press turn system is very similar. Same demons. It's like, look, it's the same shit. Um, if, like, if you've not played any of these games and you really want to, like, get into them like this is the one to play like as much as i love persona 3's themes i can admit that maybe it's a little too archaic and a bit too slow at times uh persona 4 it doesn't land with me anymore and i can still see why but i can still see why people enjoy that game as much as they do um but i think ultimately that game is probably way too slow uh, in fact, that game kind of, like, hits a lull from, like, July to October that I just couldn't see myself getting through at this point. Like, I would never play through that portion of that game again. Whereas, I could actually see myself playing Persona 5 again at some point. And I didn't realize I was playing on hard mode, either. Which That's is, amazing. Which is because it was funny. Like I, I was just like I was about to cross the one hundred hour threshold. Um, it took me one hundred and eight hours to beat the game. But I, you know, I was like, you know, hey, people post dumb things on Twitter. I'm gonna post me breaking one hundred hours in Persona Five. So like, you know, I took out a phone, took a picture, and then I uploaded it to Twitter and was like, wait a minute, hard. When did I select that? Because it has your difficulty kind of like squirreled away down there in the bottom left-hand corner of the picture of your save file. And I was like, okay, that probably explains why this game <laughs> blew my shit out so many fucking times. Um, but that said, I, I think it's still enjoyable at that difficulty. It didn't feel like bullshitty or anything. It's just like... You make Shin Megami Tensei mistakes yeah. sometimes, and they cost you an hour. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. it sounds like even on hard mode, it might be easier than 3, or 3 Fez, maybe. I think so. Uh, because, like, 3 Fez does not hold back, and you also have the element of not being able to control your party members directly <laughs> in Persona 3 Fez oh, yeah. as well. So they can make some real boneheaded decisions that, that, that can absolutely, like, 
fuck you up if you're not careful. Cool. So it sounds like if you're a veteran, then hard mode is fine. Oh, yeah, definitely. I would... Or maybe I, if you, if I never the first ex- one, do normal. Yeah, probably go normal. Like, I, I, I wouldn't say... Like, like... Like, this game is not going to be any kind of brutal, like something like Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne. Um... But, um, like, and I can't really vouch for this game on normal either, um, since I didn't even read, like, since I thought I was playing on normal the whole fucking time. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, that game thoroughly impressed me in ways that I wasn't expecting, but I'm glad I kind of, like, let myself be open to letting happen. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was, that was pretty rad. That game's real fucking good. Um, and if you've not played one of these kinds of games, like this is the one you go for, I think you just go for the best straight up, like it's just best, the best. Char- it's the best, best characters, like the most consistent story. Like I, uh, you know, again, one stumbling block in 108 hours. Like I, I'm not going to tear the game down for that three to four hour period. I wasn't enjoying it. Um, but it's a space station. How did they fuck up the space station? By making it the most tedious garbage. That's so crazy. It's yeah, so bad. But it's a space bad. station. You're in space for some reason. I have no idea why. It's it's real like it's a real good reason to be in space. It makes sense <laughs> thematically. It's just what they do with it is completely wasted. Like it feels real first drafty. Like mm. like we we didn't quite get around to wrapping this up like uh rampa always has that problem where case three is always a little shaky and apparently mm. the dev team kind of admitted that like f- for for one and two especially like the third case was kind of the one where they kind of just went with the first draft and didn't go back and polish them up like the rest yeah that checks out Especially with two, I think that was the one where I was like, "Okay, this is just kind of a Danganronpa. This is a Danganronpa chapter." Yeah, we are we are doing the Danganronpa thing, mm-hmm. and it's still good, but it's still yeah. just it's still very okay. <laughs> know what I'm doing here? I mean, I think even V 3s chapter three is a little. Mm-hmm. Those chapters always make me so mad, though, because they kill the best characters. Yeah, it's like that's something they. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, hmm, that's a nice cast you've got here. Would be a shame if like half of them died in just this chapter. <laughs> be a shame if only three of these nineteen characters live to see the end of the game. <laughs> Don't go getting attached now. <laughs> John, you should play V three. I will, even though Anna took the PlayStation with it, with that had it installed yeah. on it. No, I think I think you told me I could. Um, you could do just, the family sharing. Yeah, just, I'll share. add you yeah. to family sharing on my account, and you can just play it online. Cool. Thank you very much. Cool. I will enjoy it when I have the when I'm ready to commit to that. Yeah, because I know it's longer. I mean, you've got to experience Miu Iruma in all her glory. I'll take your word out for it. She's such a yeah, pure that's... soul. Cool. Yeah, I've got the got Trails third, and I've got Dying Rampa three, just as like my big next big games. I wanted to, I get to dig into at some point soon. Feels yeah. good. Like those are those are good back burner games. I think. I think so too. 
And yeah, you like why haven't you played Danganronpa two yet, Taylor? Jesus Christ, get on oh, that! So it's good. Ser- it's amazing. It's so good. Oh man. Oh, we played. Yeah, we did play Danganronpa one two back to back. That was like okay. Yeah, we're we're gonna continue with this ride. I'm here for that. Okay, law school is a pretty good excuse for not playing a video game. How you know dare what? you be logical? You got with me. The there. real answer. <laughs> I. Yes. Look, I have to be logical and I have to be on my best behavior for the episode in which we may have a college professor speaking to us, okay? <laughs> Potentially. Potentially. Um, yeah. All yeah. I know about law I learned from Phoenix Wright and Danganronpa. That's, you know well, what? That'll probably get, yeah. The, the gist, right? I mean, they probably pass out, like, the first three, uh, the first three uh, Phoenix Wright games in every law school is study material, don't they? Yeah. I remember playing the first Phoenix Wright game and, like, finishing it and talking to you about it later. And you were like, Rhett, what are you talking about? Courts don't work like that at all. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> this trial has to be over in three days, no fucking matter what. And everybody that's found guilty dies. It's great. And there's and there's no jury. There's no jury. It's just who but can convince the judge before he, who can convince the judge before he gets too fucking bored. And you can't prove somebody innocent unless you have the actual culprit. <laughs> yes. The judge actually tells you whether you pick the correct person as being guilty. And then if you pick wrong, then you get de- then you get killed. If, if you, pick wrong, if you pick wrong, they take 10 years off of your lifespan. I think that's how it goes. If you don't present the right piece of evidence, <laughs> like, judge takes you out oh, back, yeah. gives you a paddling. Yeah. But you can sacrifice half your, half your remaining lifespan to get the eyes of the death oh, demon, God. and that helps a lot. Yeah, just gotta watch their hand gesture while they're testifying. You might notice something. There's always a dead giveaway. There's always a tell. Yeah. Okay, now it's L.A. Noir. Yes, that is not wrong. Japan has a 99% conviction rate. That is not wrong. I know, that's the one thing in Phoenix, right, that is accurate when the prosecutors are like, I'm 100%. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I can believe that. God. So that's Persona 5. Yeah, Persona 5 is good. (laughs) That, that's my judgment on Persona 5. I think I made the right it's choice. It's not just good, it's the best Persona game, apparently. Yeah, it is. I would say it's the best. But even it... after one. Right? You've never even played one. No. <laughs> you like the idea of Persona 1. You really no, like that. Oh, okay. I'm being, I'm being facetious. I don't give a shit about Persona 1 and 2. See, I thought that this was one of those, like, everybody kind of tends to agree that those first couple games are real rough, but John's like, no, those are probably the best ones because they're garbage. I have too many, like, good Persona games and good uh, good Shin Megami Tensei games and good bad Shin Megami Tensei games to play before even getting to one, Persona 1. There's a trillion of them. There are more interesting contrarian picks, too, I think. I'll figure out what they are later and then go play them and then tell everyone why they're the great. dancing games. You're going to play the dancing games. Those are the best persona games. No, I tried those. They're, they're wretched. So boring. <laughs> I was like, Oh, I'll buy this on my Vita for like 40 bucks. And then, Oh, oh this is a dancing. Oh. oh, this, 
Not my speed. Lot of oh, lot man. of lot of really good animation. It's pretty. <laughs> lot of good real a lot of real good mocap, but man, games rhythm games like that are boring as fuck. Yeah, they are. Playing it on a controller? Why? Just give What's me rhythm the, uh, heaven. Just give me rhythm heaven mm-hmm. and I'll press a button. I'll press one or two buttons. <laughs> yeah, that's one it. Button. One or two buttons is all I need for a rhythm game. You you got more than that, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah getting the poly stamp is nice because it makes me kind of open back up again. Lots of people have sour grapes about Persona 5 in my in my circles. Yeah. I kind of observed that and then a bunch of more people. Like, I mentioned Persona vaguely and then got like a bunch of sour grapes of Persona 5 in my mentions. And then I said, man, lots of y'all really don't like Persona 5. And then got, I got a whole bunch more. <laughs> what was the, what was the typical, like, what's I wrong don't, with it? I don't even know what the reasoning is. Like, I, I can't I swear tell, to God, I, can't tell I swear to it's God, those circles almost operate on just <laughs> hot takes, but you, you you probe deeper, and I guarantee most can't even back them up. They just strike me as so fake sometimes. I'll probably if once I play it, then I'll badger them about it and figure it out. Uh, right now, they're like, I can't push them on it because I haven't played it, and I don't want to get spoiled. Well, obviously, you know. Yeah. No, no, Tom. It's not. It's not that the opinion that four is the better game because they don't like four either. <laughs> That's where they align with Polly. I can no longer talk shit about John's Twitter friends because they voted me, girl. That's true. See, Just like, to spite you. Yeah, you fucked up. Good job. I was like, oh, this poll's been running for 22 hours. What's going to happen? Oops. Sudden fucking landslide. Nice. Good job, John. Amazing. Way to literally ruin everything you touch. Wait, whoa, Polly. You're pro, you're pro Fluffy Boy? I'm okay with Fluffy Boy. I voted yeah, I Fluffy know. Boy. What the fuck? You're yeah. the mean girl. I know. John's the Fluffy Boy. <laughs> I'm contrarian. Mean girl won't even vote for herself. Nope. That's how mean I am. I'm so mean, I'm mean to myself. Aww. Aww. <laughs> Fluffy Boy is the Persona 5 protag, right? Um, Persona 5 protag is Slappable Boy. Just yes. Slap him. Just want to slap him. Be a bad boy. Not, not not like because he's like shitty and like an asshole. I just really want to just uh, just slapable face. <laughs> mm. Not in not in like a he's an asshole way. Just to be clear. What? Looking cool, fluffy boy. <laughs> hey, remember remember when they revealed like the pre-release stuff of Persona Five and it was just like. His face, and everyone was like, oh, he's gorgeous. And then the next one was his face, but beat up. It was like, oh. 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 Triggered some okay, newfound emotions <laughs> in John Thayer that I don't know if we want to explore at this moment in time. Nah, definitely not. Definitely we'll get not. to that later. We'll get to that. We'll get to that boys. later. I'm going to go ahead and knock out both of my things up front because right. as this podcast goes on, I'm going to pro- I'm going to feel progressively more and more shitty. So the two of you will be bouncing back and forth after this, but I'm going to go ahead and jump into my other thing and get it out of the way. Okay. Red, uh, okay. The, 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 one of the things you did is related to the thing I did. Did you finish? Did you finish the thing no. that you did? Oh, son I... of a bitch. <laughs> 
I played Steins Gate Zero. Yay! It is the follow-up uh, to the original Steins Gate that has a very unique premise of uh, taking place sort of like... Okay, the first game has a true ending that is very elaborate. And uh, mm -hmm. our main character, mad scientist guy, who's not really a mad scientist, he's actually just a really sad boy. Um, he he uh, has to go back in time and change a whole bunch of fuck-ups. Um, and it's one really big fuck-up. Um, and the uh, Steinsgate Zero uh, goes the route of being kind of uh, not really a sequel, but more of kind of just like a what if uh, type scenario. So mm -hmm. I, I don't really think of it as a sequel as more of just like a companion piece because I don't really think that it's a necessary piece of uh, work. And I don't mean that in a bad way uh, because, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I'll say straight up that I really enjoy Steins Gate Zero. But um, Steins Gate Zero assumes that he failed in what he had to do. Um, and it's kind of like left him a really, really depressed and broken boy. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the game takes place primarily from his point of view, uh, from the point of view of somebody who's kind of like played with fire and got burned really, really bad in the process, had to make a real, real shitty decision and has to live with it. And, um, uh, you, you, and it's just like, oh, well, it's a, hey, we got a time machine. We can try this one more time, but we've only got one more shot at this. And he's just like, nope, nope, fuck it. I'm out. I got burned. I'm sick of this. My mind is literally broken at this point. Mm. Uh, and uh, the game does a, a really good job of putting you kind of in the headspace of this character who's kind of just like, like kind of settled at this point. It's just like, I tried. I failed. This is the timeline that we are in. This is how things are going to go. I don't want shit to, at all to do with any of this time travel garbage anymore. I done fucked up bad enough as it is. Let's just salvage as much as we can. Uh, and over the course of all of that, you kind of find out that he's like not going to his little science group club thing anymore where all of his friends hang out and all of that shit because it's just it's too much for him he can't be mm -hmm. around that place after losing like somebody that he really really cared about um so like you get a lot of really kind of like depressing stuff but it's not like so depressing that it's kind of hard to read through it's just kind of like really good at driving home just kind of how fucking over it he is and how it's just like how it, it, it kind of just like portraying that that it's not just like i'm i'm mad because i lost it's like quite literally i'm broken i can't do this like if if i try to do this again and i fail like i'm like my brain will literally break in two um mm. so he's you know so they really emphasize that fear is his bigger biggest motivation this time around um and it, it's a real big shift for that character you know when you consider what he came from being in the first yeah. game of this big like very full of himself um smart sciencey guy who's you know got all of the world's conspiracy theories in his little noggin and now he's just like no parts of that no -uh, nope i'm gonna go live in a house of cats and play with the cats he doesn't oh, really 
Oh. What? <laughs> I was going to say, there's cats in the game. There's not cats in the no, anime. No, there's, there's not. No, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> I do say, though, he really does seem like just a completely different character at this point. And, and, like, and, and, because he's just kind of moving on and trying to have a normal life. Whereas before, he's, you know, he's the big over the top, like, Human Kuma. <laughs> now he's just like, hey. That was real good. That was actually a really good impression. <laughs> um, yeah, and 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 like normally that kind of character change can come off. It, it can be real off-putting if you're familiar, but it just like I feel that the series earns it just with the stakes that they've you know put that character you know that they've put upon that character and this entire situation. Um, but like try as he might to get away from all of this shit, like. Fate just kind of seems to keep trying to pull him back uh, in, in a lot of various mm. ways. And, like, a big theme of Steins Gate Zero is the shift from time travel to AI. Uh, and artificial intelligence kind of gets, like, brought to the forefront now of, like, what we can do with it or what can be done mm. if an advanced AI is produced. Though, like, what if that AI resembles somebody from your past that you're trying to get over having uh, had to make a real shitty decision with um as soon as i started this and like i realized kind of what the twist was i'm like oh i know exactly where this is going and then by episode two oh yep that's that's exactly where i thought you were gonna go weird yeah yeah and i, and I texted john like oh it's soma this the, steins gate zero is soma <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 a really good uh setup to kind of like i guess maybe a way to kind of keep a character around that physically can't be around at this point in this timeline yeah um but it, it it asks a lot of the right questions it doesn't get like really bogged down into the science of things the way uh steins gate did like they do a lot of explaining about how ais work how they learn um, the very logical process that you have to go through to create something like this. And, mm. and, and they make it all make sense. Uh, again, I believe it is all based on um, like real world studies and theses and things like that. So it, it all checks out pretty well, even if like they might fudge some of it for the sake of, you know, science fiction. Um, it still works pretty well. Um you get some new characters. Uh, Maho is particularly the best one of yeah. said best characters. There are a few side characters that kind of get introduced that kind of just fall by the wayside by the end of the mm -hmm. game. But Maho is kind of like the bright new addition uh, mm -hmm. to the cast. She is just like an endlessly fascinating character who has a really great story of her own. Um, I was... I understand why there are new characters because obviously it'd be kind of boring if there was nobody, but also for, you know, a time travel story to have this many new characters, it seems a little weird. It's like, well, where were you guys before? Huh? Well, they, they do a good job of explaining that actually. Well, uh, in the, I'm, game. the anime I'm sure is leaving out a lot of details. Like the AI stuff just seems like magic in the anime. Basically they don't explain it at all. <laughs> yeah. They, 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 they do a lot of uh, heavy explaining of that shit and like characters like, uh, with regards to how this game handles it this time, is that um, you don't just spend the entire game inside of Kyoma's head. Uh, you're mm -hmm. actually kind of bouncing around between perspectives multiple times throughout every chapter uh, to kind of like 
see how all of this fits together, to see where everyone was at during the events of the first game. So, it, it like, that that helps it make a lot more sense rather than just kind of focusing down on his soul point of view. Um, that's interesting to me. That sounds like something the anime is dropping entirely, honestly. That's what I, I've heard that, like... Um, people really love the first anime and that it's really good at kind of like interspersing all of the various elements that that game has uh, in terms of its multiple endings and being able to kind of like work everything in. Mm. And it sounds like with Steins Gate Zero, they tried to do that and it doesn't work just because of the way Uh. the story's set up. And I don't think multiple endings really worked for this game very well because i didn't really particularly find like i think i only really like two of the six endings mm. um and yeah the anime seems like it's kind of going like oh we're gonna focus on this character for one arc but still kind of from kyoma's perspective but yeah. then i don't know it seems it just kind of does end up seeming a little fragmented like okay now that story is ending we're doing a totally different thing right now yeah it seems like they had a harder time trying to think about how they wanted to present this one, where as yeah. the first game was a lot more of a straight through line, whereas mm-hmm. Steins Gate Zero kind of bounces around in time quite a bit. Um, so um, I'll uh, I'll get this point wrapped up uh, real quick because uh, um, sorry <laughs> we have a thing happening behind the scenes. Don't worry. Um, so I'll get this wrapped up in like. Three to five minutes. Give them that, okay? Yeah, that works. All right. So um, I think that the nature of the story that Steins Gate Zero is trying to tell, however, sets it up to kind of have a bit of a lackluster uh, anticlimax, unfortunately. Like, I, I sat down... And I was just like, all right, I, I was cruising into the final chapter, and I was like, all right, I know what my evening's going to be. I'm going to read the rest of this game. And it was literally five minutes later, and it was over. And I was like, well, <laughs> That's amazing. fuck me. Son of a bitch. Um, yeah, that, that just, yeah. Uh, so basically, it's just the nature of the story, though. It's just that the whole goal of this is to just, like, to get this guy to get back on his feet and fucking just try again. To do the thing that he has to do uh, to prevent the, the world-ending cataclysm that is coming. <laughs> and, like, that's kind of like... like And once you bring it around to that point and he does that, you kind of just end up back where, you know, the very end of the first Steins Gate ends. Uh, so... There's no real way to kind of like wrap that around and make it this big climax like the first game has. All you can really do is kind of just like, all right, we're plugging it in right there. And then it's just like, and then the game just ends. And it's just like, wow, that that felt real bad. Uh, okay, so go watch the last an- episode of the anime now, the original anime. <laughs> I meant I meant to go watch uh, how uh, the Steins Gate Zero anime handled this climax, but I didn't get a chance to do so due to being sick. Which you uh, know you yeah. think that that's something you could do when you're sick is, you know, turn on yeah, you lose motivation, watch though. a thing. You know, I was like, but whatever. Um, it, it, it's it's still good hard. though. Like 
I really still like Steins Gate Zero a lot because I think that if you like really emotional stories um, that have a lot of logic to them, that have a lot of real human feeling to them uh, and characters that are very believable uh, and genuine, like, I still think that this story has that. It's just kind of like the nature of what the story is being a what-if scenario and how it basically is just trying to tie itself back into uh, right before the end of the first game kind of leaves it kind of just kind of dangling in the wind a little bit um and that's that's kind of like really the only complaint i would have about it is just kind of like the ending is just uh <laughs> like well the credits this is the credits oh bummer i thought you guys were just doing an epic title drop here 25 <laughs> hours in but no but it, it, you know again it makes sense it's just not the most satisfying conclusion to a story uh but it's still satisfying because of how it is tying back to the original game. It's a weird fucking thing. <laughs> I like it though. Steins Gate Zero is is pretty rad. And um, again, I don't think it's essential. Like if you played Steins Gate and you enjoyed that story and you don't think you needed more, mm. fine. But like if you want more of that same kind of atmosphere. With a bit more depression mixed in, let's say. Because, <laughs> boy, there's there's just some real depressing shit sad, that they right? hit. It's just real sad. It makes you feel real bad for some characters. You're just like, oh, let me give you a hug. You deserve all the hugs. Um, then, yeah, like, uh, if you need more of that in your life, go for it. Steins Gate Zero is rad as fuck. And it sounds like you may want to go with the game over the anime this time. Yeah, I would definitely, yeah. Like, that's definitely the consensus that I seem to see, especially on the Steam forums. It's like, I liked the I liked the first season of the anime. Should, oh, jeez. Should I, should, I, should I just play the second game? And people are like, yes, yes. Well, of course, everyone there is going to say, because it's the forum for the game, but yeah. All right, John Thayer. Yeah? What have you been doing? What have I been doing? I played two bad games and one good game. And some other games, but those are the three I want to talk about. I feel right. like I can get through the two bad ones at once. All right, you do okay. that. Okay. Oh, no. So I, played, so I played Dragalia Lost to completion. It's the new <laughs> Nintendo iPhone RPG. Oh, well, what could, what could go wrong? What could it's go by wrong? the people that made... It is a joint effort between Nintendo and the people that made Grandstream Saga. No. No, Grand Blue Fantasy. Grand Blue Fantasy. Is Grandstream Saga the PS1 game? Grandstream oh, Saga is like the last quintet game. Okay. By the people that made Grand Blue Saga. Oh, now, the waifu game. Yes, which was <laughs> one of the waifu um, gotcha games. Um, I don't think gotcha. it actually came out... In in the U.S. on phones though, so oh, like so the people cool. that played Grand Blue Fantasy are the very intense gotcha um, aficionados, I guess connoisseurs. Which we'll is let a Sayara great... later. Yeah, yeah there like you go. Sayara <laughs> after five, like people in chat and people that are listening, they know what these garbage games are and they play them <laughs> daily. 
So. I don't understand how like we've accepted that there's a genre of gotcha games that are just like feed it money and get nothing. <laughs> feed it money and get a JPEG. Yeah, like it's just bizarre to me this the phone game situation right Dude, now. Dude, those JPEGs got numbers though, <laughs> and the numbers get bigger. Is that it? Is that it? That's fucking it. You pay. So... It's, cl- it's a clicker game, but you pay it to make the numbers get bigger. Jesus. Okay, so to be fair, I did complete the story mode of Dragalia Lost without giving paying a dime. So that's one that's a that's a positive thing, I think. The the gambling is sufficiently tucked away that you can ignore it for a good while, and then you know, if I'd continued playing it probably would have eventually snagged me. So like, why I'm sure that this the is end one of those games where you like feed 800 characters to one character <laughs> to make them gain one level, and then you have to like pay for them to get a special promotion token so they can level up past a certain level cap or some shit like that? Um, yeah, but you can get it's good the the stuff you can get without paying anything is um was easily sufficient to crush the story mode thus far. If that makes sense, so I got to enjoy a nice story. Um, so here, here's the th- here's why I played it. Um, someone said they liked the writing, and I was like, oh okay. And then I heard some of the music, and I was like, okay, I'm here for that. And then I was just the I thought it'd be funny to play a gotcha game. That's that's the vibe. I kind of that kind of brings me into a lot of weird shit. It's like, wouldn't it be funny if I played this dumb thing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> All the right choices. And so I downloaded Dragalia Lost, and it actually has a pretty cool little intro. It has this, like, five-minute, like, intro stage, like, ten-minute intro stage where you... The game is ostensibly like an action RPG where you control with the phone and tap to attack, and it feels pretty nice. You hit enemies, and then numbers fly out of them and coins, and then you move through the level and then fight a boss. And it's got a soundtrack by the Japanese pop star Daoko. 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 Daoko? Who's very great. I listened through several of her albums the last couple weeks, and they were really, really fun. Um, And this is just a whole game where most of the music in Dragalia Lost is just pulled from her singles in the last two years. Like, not songs that were made for the game, but were made... But they just put rad pop music as their soundtrack which i think is a legitimately cool aesthetic choice for what is otherwise aesthetically a very generic fantasy rpg is that fair i mean yeah i guess yeah yeah it's like you know persona has this cool soundtrack that is completely unlike a lot of other rpgs out there but it's original it's original and not just like pre-existing who cares? Rats games use pre-existing stuff, and his games are cool. Are you saying Rats games aren't cool, Polly? That's exactly what I'm saying. What? Oh, how did, that's how did this gets on turn on me. <laughs> so, I think it's. I mean, I like the idea of music video games about taking songs and then kind of building games around them, and I think it's neat how it was neat hearing the original context for these pieces and then hearing them after hearing them in the game. So, and also they have a, you can turn off the, the vocals for the music, but then it has a little message saying, this is basically like the whole heart of the game. So please don't turn it off, but you can, if you want. <laughs> oh, uh, it's like a mode all over again. 
Yeah, exactly. This game was uh, intended to be played with vocals. If you want to spit on the developers, sure. Oh, I guess. God. You want to just <laughs> stab a rusted night and rusted jagged piece of metal through the heart of this game that we worked so hard on then just go ahead um so you have that cool 10 minute intro and it starts with it literally has this plot sequence pulled directly from fire Emblem awakening where someone who's someone pops out of a portal wearing a mask and i was like oh she's obviously the other main character girl but from the future and wearing a mask and i was they're gonna use that as a plot twist like five hours later but then they just take off her mask, and then she has, and it reveals the thing. So when I thought they were setting up this like dumb plot twist, they just it was revealed immediately, and you could move on to the more interesting questions. So I was like, okay, that's some decent writing. I'm here for this. Um, and then you get to the clicker game, <laughs> where are you immediately after that, there's this whole just what's that restaurant? The horrible... It's a golden corral of systems. Um, I think that is the best... Oh. Have you all been there? No, but I kind of get to it, the metaphor. Yeah, it's a southern it's a southern buffet that's just trash food that you eat way too much of and then die. Um, so you so get this nice... Yeah? It sounds like they're just throwing a shitload of systems at you to disguise the fact that the game is actually super basic. Oh, absolutely. The game itself yeah. is completely like nothing um it's got a little bit of an action component where it'll like show you like telegraph attacks but nah it doesn't matter it's It's like the candy corn of game design (laughs) basically so it's this very light rpg game and then this very light clicker game where you have to learn enough of the systems to be able to make the numbers go up correctly and then it's this Pretty cute. I thought the writing was pretty cute. Um, little VN. So you play the clicker game and you play the dumb action game to make to see little snippets of the VN. And it's the it's like two parts clicker game, two parts dumb action game, one part VN. So each one of those sections, if it was just the VN, it would be miserable because it's not actually you know that smart or good. Um, and if it was just the action game, it would be miserable because it's shallow as hell. But but. Because it jumps between all three of these very shallow, dumb things, and you have stamina, so it encourages you to uh-huh. only play for like twenty minutes a day. I was I just loaded for like twenty minutes a day on the train. I would load up Dragalia Lost and then jump to the, the clicker game, play a little bit of the action game, do a little bit of the story. Except when they except when they except when they got except when they got two gig downloads ready for you the next morning. <laughs> That's true. Then I could not do it. So then I could not play, and I had to get to work, and then just have no had not played any Dragalia Lost, and those were always sad mornings. Um, so the that best part is about the, this game is that it advises you to only play twenty minutes a day. Yeah, it, it's like if the gambling stuff wasn't there at all, it would be this nice little Animal Crossing thing, basically. Like I can I can vibe with that. I could not have played it for more than like three weeks, which is about as long as I did play it. Um, just like I couldn't play Animal Crossing for more than three weeks. I just, that doesn't vibe with my brain. Um, but I, I get the appeal of having a ritual game that you just return to a little bit at a time. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. If it was always... good, would it make sense? 
I mean, I played the Binding of Isaac yeah, for fucking that was exactly yeah. where my head two went or three well. straight years every day. So there you go. You got it's a ritual to return to, and I think that's a ni- a neat thing. And because and again because it's each part is kind of informs each other and you bounce back and forth it keeps any one piece from being too tiresome and again i think it had some nice writing every chapter had this neat little climax it's like not good it's <laughs> it's a generic <laughs> fantasy thing like, it's the but... most backhanded compliments though where it's like it had nice writing i just couldn't suffer it if it was all writing <laughs> like yeah. you wouldn't just want to go through the vn all at once yeah it's it's just like <sighs> it was better than I expected. The writing was better than it should have been, I think, based on what it was. And that was enough to keep me kind of entertained throughout. Does that make sense? Or at least it would have been enough. But then I got to the end, and it wasn't the end. So how does it, they had a, air quotes, end? Well, it has this really great chapter five there's six chapters total and chapter five was this really excellent climax where you're like in the bowels of hell about to fight the boss and then you beat the boss and it's like oh we're about to win we're about to save the world and then and then the evil force just teleports into your sister's body and takes her over and possesses her and then destroys you all because of magic (laughs) stuff and then leads and then takes over the whole empire and now your ragtag group is just in hell and then it's building up to the great <laughs> climax where you go and defeat her once and for all but no no instead it's it it's going to continue going on for like three years there's yeah, gonna Grand be like Blue three years grand blue fantasy has got like 115 chapters oh uh, yeah does it literally say like the next chapter is coming next week or something something like no it's it's been like a couple months so i don't know when it's going to come out but yeah it's oh it's not even that i just i just meant like it says this is the end for now but there's more coming there is more coming and it's like see you in chapter seven and it's like oh Uh, okay i thought there would be i think i even asked like are the credits does it end yeah no no (laughs) does not so i i was robbed of even that i thought i would at least get to like have a nice conclusion and then i just didn't and that was pretty demoralizing. So I do not recommend Dragalia Lost. Maybe okay. get maybe listen to Daoko music though. It's really good. Yeah, as like much as you were on about, about this game, I thought that this was your good game. No, this is the bad game. This is a bad game. <laughs> I know what the other uh, bad game is, and I'm going to be sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> May have well, to take other... a nap for six months. One second, if this works, then we can. If not, Dad texted me back. So, if it doesn't work, then all right. Polly's gonna love editing in this episode. Rhett, Sorry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make Rhett edit it. There, all right. Just texted. Let's drop it for now. Okay. All right. Um. So the other, so I had one bad game, and it was Dragalia Lost, and I had another bad game, Uh-oh. and it was, it was one that I was really. This wasn't just a wouldn't it be funny if I played 
Well, it was a little bit of that. That's what I thought it was, it was at the start. It was like, oh, it'd be real silly if I played this. It would be really silly if I played Atelier Rorona. This is the game I've been staring at wistfully since, like, 2010. Yeah. Uh, I knew that I never actually wanted to play it, but I could just imagine that it was actually really good. Yeah, you could just play it. I wanted to play Atelier Rorona because I played Witch Spring 3 for phones, which is a lovely RPG where it's 10 hours long and you pay $4 and then it has a complete story with credits at the end and there are no in-app purchases and I liked it a lot. <laughs> Very angry endorsement. Why didn't they, why didn't they just, just release it on Steam if it's so damn good? Oh. Well, it also, it's also... Very ugly and plays very poorly and very easy and just broken. But boy, you're just you selling it. me on it by the minute. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, Witch Spring Three is ugly, plays poorly, is very easy, but has a nice story. Atelier oh, no. Rorona is <gasps> ugly and plays poorly <laughs> and is very easy, and it has nothing. It just—it's a slice of life in the most bare bones nothing way and there's no story beyond I, what is set up at the very start i wouldn't call nothing. this i would not call those character models ugly you, all right the, the character That's models your, or the character artwork i the think the characters are acceptable the 2d art is great i think i don't much I, the it's not just the way that um it's not just the character art itself, but also just the way the world is constructed um, and you jump and how you transition between areas. Everything feels very cheap and frail. Mm. Um, the construction of it aesthetically does not agree with me, I think. Hitting Welcome things to on your. Japanese indie games. Well, not even indie, but mid budget stuff. Kind of, but. Ugh. Like, I look at Re- Rhett Says Reketeer, and I'm like, that game looks so nice, and, like, it feels good. Um, but, like, you hit, when you, you, you activate fights by hitting things with your staff um, in the, outside of the battles, and there's, like, no feedback on whether or not you actually hit, so it just feels like shit every time. Um, walking around, moving, it all just feels bad. Um, the menus are... And this just moves into the whole like systems of it because it's a it's a game about crafting. It is a crafting system video game. You gather materials, you craft materials, and then you use those materials to craft to craft more more complicated materials. Like that's mm-hmm. the that is the entire game. Um, and you have a time limit to deliver specific materials to the government, or you die, <laughs> or you fail. I finished almost all of these assignments within two or three days after receiving them once I was, like, six months into the game. It's, they are trivially easy. <laughs> so the there's not, it's not exactly a Dragon Quarter-like, I think, with its timer stuff. Um, so that is the game, is that you are Rabona, and your workshop will be shut down unless you... De- because your master has been really shitty at doing her job and the government's going to shut you down because you suck so much <laughs> unless Verona demonstrates that the alchemy workshop can actually be helpful to the people. Um, and they do that by having assignments and also you do jobs that are assigned uh, that you can just pull out of a board and they're all just 
build a thing, um, build make this number bucket. of things. These yeah, make a bucket. Make <laughs> a barrel. Lots of barrels. Barrel. Uh, That's a barrel. That's a barrel. And then you go out doing some light dungeon, very light dungeon crawling. There are no bosses. Mm, uh, uh, I thought I thought that aspect was going to be a little more developed than it sounds like. It's just you walk around areas and collect things. And wow. I mean, there's occasional things like you need a bo- to build a bomb and then bring it with you into the dungeon <laughs> in order to blow up the obstacle that prevents you from progressing further into the dungeon. Like, I, did, I fully did not explore two of the dungeons at the end because I didn't need to. Um, <laughs> out of, like, the ten areas or so, you eventually locate. Um, See, I always imagine this game as having, like, this hidden, like, save the world plot that no. is kind of under the surface, but no. d- definitely it's isn't. Not, <laughs> it is the least JRPG JRPG I've ever played. Um, there is just the crafting, just the numbers, just mm-hmm. getting your growing to be a more productive um, cog in the capitalist machine. Um, wow. Because, like, Reketeer has, like, the main game, which is owning the store, mm-hmm. but then there's also actually a ton of dungeon crawling stuff that you can explore beyond that, that you don't actually need to beat the game, but it's there. And I never even actually did all of it, but it gets really hard. But it's kind yeah. of sad that Atelier just seems to be, like, it's the one thing actually just, yeah. I mean, the dungeon crawling, you spend, like, half the game in the dungeons. It's just that mm. stuff, and, and there's no a very, very bare-bones battle system, very bare-bones character progression, no bosses. You're just exploring. It costs days to enter areas, and you can only carry so many things with you. So that's the arc of it, is that you make the dungeon crawls, um, you spend the days to go to the dungeons, and then fill up your things as efficiently as you can. So it's just the resource management of how you manage your time doing these dungeon crawls um and then you spend you spend days to craft things as well so that's the that is the flow of it is you're just managing your time effectively it it is a time management game completely like that is the whole thing yeah you craft go ahead which makes it really really weird in the later games apparently that have dropped the timer (laughs) Yes, the later I, games have dropped the timer. So maybe they're using that to be more in depth and like have better dungeons. To have a story, like in the th- or have a story, yeah. In Aisha, you're looking for your sister, which feels a little more, you know, urgent at least. Um, and the timer in that one is apparently more lax somehow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they just drop it entirely by the end of the Aisha games. Cool. Uh, so the, the vibe I'm getting is that they were absolutely terrified to make something that looks kind of casual and then have this timer cause permanent game overs. So they yeah. made it super, super easy. So it's just super, super, super easy. Super easy. If you play it, if you just play it intently, like not wasting time, then you have a lot of time left over, which I. How much time use. did you have left over? Well, I got I finished the 10th challenge was the only hard one because uh, it, it asked me to collect items from the final dungeon, basically. Mm-hmm. And in order to get to an area where I, there were three items I could collect, and if I collected any of them, then I'd succeed. And in order to find one of them, I had to move through a fairly hard enemy encounter. They're not bosses, but there are tougher encounters that will sometimes block your way. So there is a bit of gating based on your character level. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
So I had I got there, and then I finally found some things in the final dungeon area, which bizarrely has like really dramatic music and a bunch of floating islands. <laughs> in, so it's like, like they're going for the final dungeon. Yeah, they're going for the final dungeon just without any sort of story. Without any story or stakes or context. Weird. It's bizarre. I wonder if they just it's take these assets so from other games or something. <laughs> I have no idea. So, like, you can just, you go to the government in your town to fulfill requests. And a lot of times the requests will be for items that you just already have. Um, but you can only carry up to 60 things in your container. The rest have to, in your basket, the rest have to go in your, t- in your box back at home. So a lot of the times you'll realize that you can fulfill these requests immediately. Mm-hmm. So you go back home, which is just selecting home on a menu. It costs no resources when you're in ta- moving around town, doesn't cost anything. And you go in, you find the items, you put them in your basket, then you select the menu back <laughs> to get to the place and then you just can fulfill the requests immediately. And that is that was like an hour and a half of my game was just oh. fulfilling requests that I already had the material for because they did not include a pull from your container automatically oh option. And there's a lot of the game that is that kind of interface misery. Like and that's, that's the I'm kind of stuff you hope they that. fix in like even the remake of this one or the sequels. Yeah, yeah, I hope that the rough. I looked at the I looked at some video of the sequel and it looks just much much nicer. Um, I will see how much they fix the interface because I did buy the trilogy <laughs> of this game oh. immediately after finishing it. Oh my god! So I do uh, of the PS3 originals. Um, wait, what did you buy? The PS3 originals. I bought, I bought the trilogy. Of the plus because games? it was cheaper. Yeah, no, of the PS3 original, so it included a second copy of Verona. Oh my god! Well, there you go. Rhett can now play Verona. <laughs> I don't want to play this version. So I can. <laughs> they're, yeah, you they're coming probably... out with that trilogy on PS4 in like January or something. I know, but the the update from what I've read, the updates, the the really the only one that got a lot of changes. Was Rorona. Was the one you played. Was the one that I already played. So I figured, all right, I'm already in hell. Let's just go ahead. <laughs> um, so I, I did go ahead and buy the buy the full trilogy. So if I feel like getting more of this down the line. Because it oh is a nice god. little loop of, oh my god. of raising of raising your numbers and becoming a more productive cog. This is this is video uh, games now. The numbers get bigger. Yeah, but it's not bullshit. It's much less evil than Trigahelia. Ugh. Even if I'd it doesn't, I you on Twitter if you had ordered Totori and you said no, much worse. And I don't know. This is about literally the same thing. I bought the trilogy. It, it so Totori you got Totori and and Maruru and a second a copy second of copy Verona. Verona. Okay, that PS3, the second copy aspect, not is the plus bad. version, not the plus versions. Oh my god. Um, Go down so to GameStop. Got... Be, be like, will you give me two bucks for this? And they'll say no. Probably. So, if anyone wants it, you know, hit me up. Um, so, I did get to the end of the game, and I started breezing through the months really quickly because I was really good at the game, but I still wasn't wasting time. I was doing everything I could to um, craft better items and level up my characters and collect things for every day. And then I got to the end and realized, like, I have... 
I've explored I basically have every area explored. Um, I've so far fulfilled every um, requirement trivially. Why don't I just sleep up to the next assignment and then see if it's easy? And then, and if it is, just do it and then sleep again and see if the last assignment is easy. And then if it is, <laughs> then continue sleeping. Because I the one thing I cheated, one way I cheated was that I looked up the true end requirements and it's just you have to get you have to do um, you get graded on your assignments so you can you can complete them but do a shitty job with them. And I was getting ten stars every single time easily. Um, so I already had all the requirements for getting the true end by it's a three three years by halfway through. Um, well, by no by about four months by five months into year three, I had all the true end requirements done. You have to have an eighty percent popularity ranking, which just entails doing the things, and I had that. So then I was just like, let's sleep. Because you can do that. You can sleep ten day, ten days at a time. And oh my just slept, god! Slept. That's a lot slept. of sleep. I envy this girl. <laughs> so Rorona just went on sabbatical after working her ass <laughs> off for two and a half years. She made a fucking barrel, and then she went to sleep for ten days. <laughs> no, she went to sleep in the barrel. There you go. And then that was that was literally it. Was they just asked me to make like, hey, can you make a bunch? Can you make just like a shit ton of supplements was the 11th assignment and i was like done in two days and then i passed and i turned it in got a 10 star ranking and then went back to sleep slept until October, and then they said make your best thing possible so i made the highest ranked that was the final challenge was just make your favorite thing and i made the highest level thing that i could make which was an elixir i would have made a barrel make a barrel and I turned it in, got eight stars, and I was like, cool. Went back to sleep, slept until the end of the game, and then woke up for the ten-minute ending. <laughs> was it You're cute sure you or sweet any story or anything? I'm sure I missed some story stuff. Like, it's all... The, the slice of life stuff is triggered by you doing stuff a lot of the time. Sometimes it just happens when you're in the place. So when I woke up, occasionally a slice of life scene would happen every ten days. <laughs> Um, I want them to acknowledge the fact that you've been sleeping for four months. Yeah, like, one of them was a well-being check from the cops. <laughs> there was no... There was... There, the, the dialogue is very unreactive. There are NPCs in the town, and they will say the same thing for a year straight. <laughs> it is the opposite of a Trails game. Um... So, that was the... That was my whole... That So, that was my climax with Rorona was... Sleep. She slept for six months and then true ended the game. So was the ending any good? Probably want to know. Um, I got the. It has a night. It has a moment of pathos, I guess, where it explains why your master just didn't give a shit about the town or making people happy, and then you were. She was so inspired by you that she's decided to leave and start a new life as an alchemist and actually do a good job this time. And it's kind of sweet. It's not 20 hours of video game, sweet. <laughs> it didn't make you cry, did it? It did not make there you cry. There you go. That's the mark right there. Yep. It's nothing. It is like, you know, like how Slice of Life anime will sometimes have like one moment like, oh, we're graduating da, 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 at the very end. But it's. Oh, you know, yeah. It's, yeah. It's it's like that level of thing. Like, Kita no, sounds like a step below those. that. Yeah, oh, it's don't, like one step don't fucking Hugh bring Hugh Mari into this. Me and Polly have refused to watch the last two episodes of that because we know we'll cry too much. Yep, not gonna do oh, it. Okay, never mind. 
I, I like season one. I don't know. I don't remember how season one ended. Yeah, maybe season. I, one. I think more like sure. I think more like Azamanga, where like oh they're graduating, but yeah. even like less lingered on, less impactful. Azamanga was just like hooray, it's over. <laughs> Which was yeah, that's how Atelier basically ends. It's like okay, and it's nothing. It is a nothing story. Oh. There's nothing to it. It's bizarre. <laughs> You, they introduce like an antagonist three months in, and then there are like two scenes where he tries to inconvenience you in piddling ways, and then he <laughs> vanished for the rest of the game. Holy that was shit! You were just sleeping. You missed him. Well, no, because there's a full year where he just didn't show up. They introduce characters and then like have half an arc, and then it ends. And I don't know if I was missing things, but <laughs> you have to a have lot been of those missing characters... events. Like these no, kinds of games look. thrive on sh- like trigger events, flags, and yeah. shit. Like you look, had to. I'm talking those. about for the six months. Like there's a dancer character who's introduced and then had half an arc, and then she says, "Well, I'm leaving town," and that was a year and a half in. So there are huh. there are tons of half stories <laughs> that I experienced well be well, and I was playing it intently. Um. So like I am not house. convinced. I really don't think I missed out on much by doing this sleeping six That's months. I, you just have to trust me on this. I don't think I missed out on much. Jeez. It's a weird thing. I fit, I was watching the credits like, did I just do that? Because it was like 20 minutes of to get through the last seven months of the game. And I was like, did that work? I guess that's yeah, it. Yeah, I seen huh? your Twitter thread that morning was pretty funny where it's just like, yeah, and then she oh, slept for six months. The end. Yeah. I've done this game now. Out of nowhere. I don't... It was wild, and... It wrapped yeah, up faster than Steins Gate Zero. Like, yeah. I no, no, Ste- yeah. Steins Gate Zero was five minutes, man. <laughs> this got okay. ten. I'm sure, I'm sure it would have been more impactful if I'd played it legit for the whole time, but, like, not that much. I don't think it would have changed that much, but, of my takeaway. I mean, it's kind of like that moment it's... in Persona 4 where it gets really boring, so I don't go out and do any social links or anything and just <laughs> stay in my room and sleep for the day. It's very similar. Basically. In the, except it doesn't. that's the whole game. So, honestly, <laughs> this would have been fine. The Slice of Life thing would have been fine. It, you know how Witch, I said Witchfang 3 feels bad, oh. looks bad, is very easy, but it has a nice story. If Atelier Rorona had felt good and looked good, then in, even if it was still very easy and had no story, I think I would have... The, the core loops there of crafting things would have propelled me through it and I would have come away from it feeling better. So feeling like it was a good, fully good experience. So like, I still think Rorona Plus might actually be an okay journey. Like, if you want to jump into that, rat, like, I I don't... Uh. Because it feels... It feels it's nice... The, the psychology of it is cool and I oh, see that when you say psychology that's what I'm just like no I'm out because you know what I you know what good it's feeling R- it's a numbers game yeah you know what good feeling RPG with a good story I haven't played yet is trails in the sky so maybe I should get to that first uh, probably <laughs> yeah it's that's a little ace, better that's my ace in the holes like listen look I'll play Tatori and let y'all know oh, uh, in like a year probably not Probably I'm just gonna have it on my shelf and be like, all right, I could if I wanted. Like I have Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade works on my desktop. Oh. It, it's just it's comforting this... to know that that it's there. How 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 the fuck is that comforting? <laughs> I don't know. It's it's like I could 
I could dive into the trash whenever I want. And that's Having Face Day Night on my shelf would feel like a threat. <laughs> it's like, oh look, I've got several. I've introduced my my. I've introduced several like trash garbage franchises into my <laughs> life this year, and I'm kind of excited to continue with all of them. I have the sort of I have the second Witcher book on my shelf. I've got I Kingdom Hearts: Chain of Memories. I have Fate Stay Night, and I'm gonna have more Atelier. And the, you know, it's kind of nice to have some garbage that you can munch down on when you want. You need some garbage to wallow around in because you've been treating yourself too well with this Trails in the Sky <laughs> bullshit. You can't just play good games or just watch good movies like that. That get- watch me. Have you read? Have you read? I, I know I'm not very good, but it's like, yeah, is this what happens when you just run out of good stuff? Where you're like, mm, I don't get excited unless it's actually super shitty. It's. I not, mean, not, like, that, not that you expected Atelier to be shitty going in. No, I like, expected this one do, like was it. in good faith. Yeah, it was. Also, for My, what it's worth, Witcher has a payoff because of the third game. <laughs> that's true. Exactly. Witcher has like a really good game at the end of it, so that's kind of nice. Um. Yeah, all of these I'm engaging with earnestly. I'm expecting to enjoy more Kingdom Hearts. I'm expecting Fate's Day Night and Limited Blade Works to be an improvement over the first game, which I already did kind of enjoy. Um, so I mean, technically, they're all the first game. Huh. Um, so that's Atelier Rona. Um, Polly said the character models are fine. Maybe you'll think the character models are fine. Or you'll definitely like the new ones. They're really pretty, and they match the artwork. Um... Go. You can check out Jake IGN's review and see how that makes <laughs> which solely focuses on how perverted it is. <laughs> yeah, this sounds like a real perverted game. There's like a couple girls that have that have crushes on you, and like your teacher says you're cute occasionally. Wow, that's way too much. Like, how did that even get released cute and here? Stupid. Cute, and st- she does also say that you're stupid. If you like Mean Girls, there's a good one in this one. Mean Moms. If you like Mean Moms, there's a good one in this one. Um, that's Atelier Verona. This is a really. This is has released like 17 games or annually. I only, yeah, I only like. Thing. I only like good moms like Rosa Ushira Mia. Oh Jesus! Just good moms. Um, Tom says that the PS2 games are good. Those are the ones that ha- are actual RPGs with stories. And then the ones that the fans are like, mm, this isn't real Atelier. Mm. <sighs> so that's, I, I was really excited for this one. Because Witchspring 3 is explicitly inspired by Atelier. They even have the same oh. like pot in the center of the room where you you do all your crafting. But Witchspring 3 is like half crafting dungeon crawling and then half story. And the story is good. So, uh, I was disappointed. And also, Atelier was like twice as long. I thought that's what you're going to say when you're like, oh, it's long and ugly and boring, but hey, if it was shorter. Yeah, if it was 10 hours long, like Witch Spring 3, I probably would have been fine even with even without it looking good. Because again, the psychology is fun, but it's, it's, it's not worth 20 hours. Maybe if it looked and felt a little better, like in the remakes. Sorry. Gust. I didn't even like the music that much. People were like, oh, Gust music's amazing. (laughs) The intro is... Watch the intro. It's so pretty. The game does not deserve it. All right. (laughs) Okay. I'm done.
I've expelled. Rat, Hi. what have you been up to? Playing it, thinking about playing Atelier? I didn't play Atelier. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so I'm going to wrap up some of the things I did on the last podcast. I finished Astrobot Rescue Mission or whatever it's called, the VR platformer that's super, mm-hmm. super good. Excellent. That, that game is still super, super good. And Yay! The interesting thing about it, though, is that a lot of games, you know, they put their best foot forward, obviously. And this game, like, the final world just goes all out with, like, it takes the level design up, like, a full step to, it starts feeling like sequel territory, practically, like, with how good the levels get. And it's just like, man, you guys got to do another one of these, because, like, my games are all kind of made in order, so it's like if you if these are the levels you guys made last, like you gotta make a sequel now because they just get so wild and inventive right at the end of the game, and it's really cool. Hell yeah! But the funny thing about that kind of mentality is is that like mm-hmm. E one M one of Doom one was actually the yeah. last map made. Yeah, I'm not saying that they definitely were made in order. Oh but... no, I just I just think that that's kind of like a funny observation when you consider that like your games start. And you can tell yep. where the start and end point are, and how oh, yeah. <laughs> and how you progressed over the course of it. But with like Doom, like he had to kind of like yeah. take everything that he learned to create a map that was simple, but also had the intricacies mm-hmm. of later areas. And I think that that's a, yeah. I think in professional game development, like probably making the start last is probably actually super common because yeah. it has to kind of be the best. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what's interesting about Astrobot is that the best levels are actually like the final couple ones. And that's felt unusual. Like it's like, oh wow, you're like holding back mechanics until like the end of the game. And then the mm-hmm. last boss, there's two bosses right at the end, which I was a little surprised by. There's kind of a world five boss and then the final boss. The world five boss is just a giant fucking shark. And it's just like <laughs> stuff in VR is so big when it wants to be. And it's just like intimidating having this huge shark swim around you and like, you know, try to swallow your guy up. And it's just, it's really cool how like, my language. the thing about, you know how like the kind of, I'm going to say like a God of War boss, like when it's a big dude, like, and he just stands in front of a platform and punches so, like Dark yeah. Souls has a couple of, a boss like that in VR is still like super fucking intimidating because <laughs> they're just so big and you get to feel that kind of scale. Yeah. VR is really cool about that. And then the last boss, I won't really spoil what it is, but it's it's very Nintendo-ish, mm. where it uses the gimmicks you've been using right back against you, and just felt like, oh, like of course this is the perfect way to end this, like, huh. oh, like the 3D World Odyssey endings. I get you. Something like that, yeah. So the final cool. boss, because there's two there's two things this game tracks: the headset and your controller, because that's what the PlayStation VR controller or the the camera can do. So the final boss rolls out, and he pulls out a PlayStation 4 controller. That's real good. <laughs> it's real stupid. <laughs> so it's a kind of fun mirror match kind of thing going on. Yeah, that game is super good. I probably I need to finish up the challenge levels, because sometimes I just don't feel like doing VR is the problem, you know? Because it's, it's a little more set up. It's, it's by putting the headset on and stuff and kind of being like, okay, I'm not going to be interrupted for like an hour. Yeah, it's a to-do. Yeah. So sometimes you're just not in that mood. But then every time... That, the VR headset is actually really easy to put on. I'm like, every time I do it, I'm like, oh, why was I like stressing out about this? Like, it takes five seconds. 
And I bought some new head, headphones for it, for the VR, because before I've actually just been using the sound on the TV, which obviously isn't particularly immersive because it's no. always... So I got head, proper headphones for it, and I played another level of Thumper. And holy fucking shit, I forgot how nuts that game is. And it's even more nuts when it's, like, deafeningly loud. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> so I'll just throw that out there. Like, I think that game is too much to play all at once. But, like, doing one level every once in a while feels really good still. Yeah. But, man, those levels are so fucking long. It's <laughs> the thing. Yeah. I don't know why they're so long. They could just be, like, have 18 levels that are half as long and it would feel better. Instead of nine, like, 30-minute levels. Ah, I gotcha. Uh, I played a little bit, just while I'm on VI, I played a little bit of Psychonauts and the Rhombus of Ruin. Oh, that's a thing. Wait, I completely forgot about Yeah. This. They made a, a semi-psych... It's not Psychonauts 2. No. But it's a, it's a Psychonauts sequel that's playable only in VR. Yeah. And it makes me a little huh. nauseous, even though it's stationary. Like, you use... Like, the abilities in Psychonauts kind of work well for this because... Your movement is just looking at characters and then pressing a button and teleporting into their mind. Yeah. So you get their viewpoint. And it does a couple of funny things where, like, it plays with scale a little bit. So, like, there's one part where you teleport into a mouse. So then when you're looking around, the room seems way bigger. Mm -hmm. And then when you teleport into a fleet, and when you look around, the room seems enormously huge. But... Like, it's fine. I don't, I'm not even entirely sure why I brought it up, because it's, like, a two-hour game, and I'm, like, an hour into it. And it's, like, the one time... I have a little kind of rotating chair, and it's the first time, because of the new headphones that I have, where I was spinning around in VR, and I forgot... <laughs> I've totally lost sense of which direction was forward. So, like, I peeked out of the headset. I was like, oh, my God, I'm, like, facing at the back wall right now. What the hell? <laughs> so, oh, my like, God! So... So it was just my first moment of finally just being so like lost in the game that I kind of reality lost track of your physical lost... body. Yeah, and that was pretty cool actually. Yes, that's but, great. I love that shit. It's a little hard to do in the VR though because you've got a cord, so that's kind of probably why I noticed. I was like, "What? What the fuck is the cord doing here? Wait a second. <laughs> uh oh. So then I finished another game I mentioned last week. I finished up CrossCode, finally. Hey! It's Colin's favorite game. Mm. Everyone's favorite game. Uh. Everybody loves this one. <laughs> so what's the vibe, what's the word on the street that you two have seemed to have been hearing? I Just people, you and Colin. Uh, <laughs> people hate the fucking puzzles a lot. That's so weird because I am on the total opposite side. Where the first, because I mentioned this a bit last time, I think, where like the first real major boss, I kept fucking dying over and over right as it was about to die. Because mm -hmm. every boss in this game is like a three stage, It's they're kind of Zelda bosses. It's like a three stage health bar, you do a stun, and then you attack their weak point and you do like a third immediately. Yeah. And then and then it goes into a new phase and you, you get the stun and then you attack the weak point and it does like a third of the damage like instantly. And every boss in this entire game, the third phase, the attacks get so fucking intense that I die, like, in one hit and have to restart the whole thing over. <laughs> so I had finished, like, the first kind of two major dungeons last time, and I don't want to get super specific into 
the plot and overall like flow of this game but i think the best part of this game is actually right in the middle right after where i was last week mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. colin is saying it's because i didn't do the side quests yeah i kind of wanted to mainline this game the combat got way too fucking hard if you do that so i think the mid game of this game is really really good it's kind of when it becomes mm-hmm. its most plot heavy and then it kind of goes back to the fake mmo thing oh for it for a while for a very long time for say maybe basically the rest of the game whoops so it's just like they play that so straight right to the end that it just and like you figure the artificiality like, of it never like i figured me. that that that's something that they would be chipping away at the whole time and like it's really not it's really played uh, sincerely and straight and that's what i'm like there's a part at the end where, like, you beat the air quotes game, and they make some jokes about it being early access and not finished. But it's, <laughs> they're like, "Oh yeah, that that'll be coming in an update 2.0." It's like, "Oh, the character's like, oh, we we just beat the game. What? <laughs> it's oh, it's weird." weird. <laughs> and then so that leads into you know the proper end game of the actual story, mm. but like, and th- so there's this one part though where like, they throw. So it has a lot of story stuff for a while, and then it has a big open area, so it has a lot of combat stuff for a while, and then it has three dungeons literally next to each other. Oh. And it's not really three dungeons, it's more like, hey, here's part A, part B, and then when you do those, you can do part C, and it does kind of lead to a climax, but I also think having them next to each other was a bit much. Yeah. (laughs) So so I took about a week off for the game, and in that time, they added uh, assist mode. (laughs) So assist mode, you can make the combat easier. For babies, who uses that? Not real gamers. Well, it's funny. For as much as I never considered using it in Celeste, I went to it like fucking immediately in this game. Because <laughs> I would fight a boss and die on the third form like th- three or four times and be like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put enemy damage to zero to get back to where I was. <laughs> and I had a moment. Where with enemy damage zero percent, I still fucking died. <laughs> How does that because, happen? Because status effects, and this may have been oh an oversight. Gosh. Status effects aren't affected by it yet. Oh. So I got electrocuted to death. <laughs> I just, I just had to laugh at that point where it's like, wow, this boss is being so fucking relentless that I was like lightning bolts just pouring down. Where I got shocked and stunned into fucking dying anyways. <laughs> Even though I wasn't actually... Oh, and Colin says you can falling off platform still does damage, which sucks. <laughs> so yeah, the, the combat just never felt... And maybe it's because I, apparently people say the combat feels better on keyboard because it's kind of a aiming thing with the mouse. Yeah. So I was mm-hmm. hoped the whole time that if you could just, you know, just aim with or focus on melee, which feels better on the controller... Like, the combat would work, but the game really wants you to be using that gun a lot. So, And, like, the dodge roll doesn't quite feel as good as it should because it does the kind of Dark Souls thing, or the Dark Souls 2 thing, where there's, like, skill upgrades. They're like, oh, make your invincibility 20% longer, and I kind of hate that. Yeah! It's like, I just want my invincibility frames to be what they are, you know? Yeah. Yeah, With when it's that kind of timing thing, like, you don't want the Dark Souls 2... Yeah. Like variable in iframes. Yeah. So the other thing assist mode adds is that 
it'll slow down the timing based puzzles if you want. Mm -hmm. And I haven't gotten into a lot of those last time because the first couple puzzle areas are very like do the thing and it'll open the solution for you. Whereas when you get to the electric dungeon, a lot of the puzzles are like shoot this electric ball against this wall and it'll kind of run around the room and you have to hit these things as it passes by timing wise to get it to its destination. Mm -hmm. So like you can slow that kind of stuff down and it makes it way easier. Cause like, I'm not a huge fan of puzzles where it's like, I know the answer, but I can't physically execute it. Like that's not uh -huh. great. So I didn't feel bad about slowing the puzzles down. And then the final puzzle in the game is just fucking nonsense where it's like, you're leading this bullet around this room for like two minutes and having to hit all these switches and doodads uh... on the way. But yeah, Colin, you slow down the last puzzle as well. It's like, cause once you were able to slow it down, I looked at it and got it on like the second try. Because it wasn't actually very complicated. It was just, you know, shoot this with this element, then shoot this with this element, then run over here and do mm. this. And, you know. It's like, do this on the fly. Do a full sight read of it. Let's go. Yeah, no way. Like, yeah, I got it on the second try after kind of walking around it for a couple of minutes, looking at everything, being like, okay. And there's some puzzles in that game towards the end where I look at it and go, like, I literally don't know what the fuck you want me to do here. I think there is one I had to look up the solution for because I was like, I kept going. I was on the wrong track, basically. And once you're gotcha. in the wrong mental space, you're like, "Oh, I'm halfway there," but then doing this one part wrong. Yeah. So I still like the puzzles, though, and like, it's funny though because the combat in that game just continued to make me madder and madder. <laughs> so like, basically every boss in that three dungeon section, I would just die stupidly at the very end, and then just be like, "Okay, I'm just going to skip this boss by putting the damage to zero. And then for the rest of the game, I didn't feel like entirely cheesing it. So I just put enemy damage to like 40% or something super low <laughs> to just get through the combat, but not being... Because it's boring if it's actually zero, because yeah. then you're just not thinking about it whatsoever. So I put it to 40, and I'm like, I fought the last boss like that, and I think the last boss... I don't want to know what happens if you die in the last boss, because it took like 20 minutes, you know? It's like... Ooh. It felt a little unearned, this insanely epic final boss. <laughs> you know? I like, guess. Cause, it. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, and now we're going to, like, do theatrics bigger than Kefka in Final Fantasy VI, basically. <laughs> like, really over the top. <laughs> after so it was just after doing just the MMO for yeah, all those hours. But, yeah, it was a little weird. <laughs> so, like, I think that game is good and it's extremely well made. It just never fully clicked for me. Mm. Mm. So that's my kind of like middle of the road thumbs up, I guess. That's pretty pixel art. It's so beautiful. And like the music's really, I guess the music's really good. I don't, okay. I, I can't actually remember much of the music. <laughs> oh, it looks exactly like Arafel to me. Just watching it. It's like, oh yeah. There's like, seeing screenshots around it. I think the weird thing about this kind of pixel art is that it's so good that you become numb to it super quickly. Yeah. Where it's like mm -hmm. everything's beautiful, so nothing stands out, basically. Yep. It seems where... like kind of like the interchangeable, gorgeous indie pixel art style. Yeah. Whereas something like Undertale, because so much of that is so super, super plain looking, when mm -hmm. it actually has something pretty like the castle in the background, like it stands out way more. Yeah. So, 
this game does something fucking incredible at the very end, though, and this isn't a story thing. You beat the game, and if you get the true ending, you go to this little, like, empty area, and it literally has a pop-up that says, hey, this is where the post-game would start if it was done. <laughs> so we'll let you make a save here wow. and, then come, and then come back in a few months. Oh, poor rat. He's got a <laughs> final boss and an ending and credits, but he didn't get to do the but the post game isn't done yet. I feel so sorry for but you. But it's it's just incredible after them literally making an early access joke. Yeah. In the game itself. And the fact that this game was early access for like five years and in development for seven. Like it's God. not actually one hundred percent done yet. Woof. That's so that, weird. I saw that Final Fantasy 15 content oh, yeah, we're two still... years later. <clears throat> Final Fantasy 15, the game that is still coming out. Yeah, they're on like Season Pass 2 now. Yep. Uh, I never played any of that extra stuff. I played that game at launch and was like, yeah, this was really good. And I'm yep. just, I'm not in for more, basically. Yep. I had a good time with it. I'm done. I gave Probably my, co- I gave my copy of 15 You're release. done. Huh? I gave my copy of 15 to Luis. Oh. <laughs> oh, right. You played it but hated it. So I that's hated fine. it. Yep. You tried, though. You didn't just never play yeah. it. Yeah. You hated the fighting and thought the story was dumb, and you made and you predicted the two main plot <laughs> yeah. twists, and you were like, all right, no, I'm done. And you loved 13, so, like, yeah. you really, you, know, you totally played it in good faith. There was no bullshit there, I think. I mean, the combat in 15 is so bad, let's be honest. It's yeah. so bad. Someone okay. Oh, okay, continue. So, I know this podcast is going a little long. It's almost eight o'clock, and we're not even. Uh, I finished. So I finished. What's it called? Crosscode. <laughs> I was like, mm, that was a pretty good action slash puzzle game. I'm in the mood for another one. I'm going to play It'll Do Two. It's <laughs> a nice, light, easy puzzle mechanics. I'm sure. <laughs> so here's the funny thing about that game. Way less puzzles than the original. Way, way more... And that's what you liked in Crossroads. And way, way more combat. I think they took that as feed... Like, like direct feedback from people, though. Because people got It'll Do. And were kind of bummed that it's basically all puzzles. Well, the reaction to to 2 was always that people were really bummed because it's all combat. So I don't think I don't think they pleased anybody with the sequel, honestly. So yeah, I I um, only knew that the sequel came out like two months after it came out to show you how little yeah. fanfare it got. Yeah, I didn't know it'll do existed until I was googling for good Switch, for Switch games I could buy. Oh. I was like, oh, uh, I've never heard of this before. Except I think the only the sequel is on Switch. So, (laughs) the thing about the first game is that there's three side dungeons and one big castle in the middle. And each of the side dungeons has an item. And they're very powerful items that, like, oh, your sword will set anything on fire now. Or, like, you can make portals and stuff. And the thing that's really clever about that game is that you can get through the castle with only two items. So, there's literally, like, four different endings where if you get all three or any variation of the two items will give you a different achievement in Final Boss. So I really like that first game because it's super, like, pared down and smart. Like, it's only, like, two hours long, but if you do, like, every route... Because you have to figure out how to work around whichever item you choose not to get on that playthrough. Mm -hmm. 
So the puzzle design is super smart. The second It'll game two is only like two hours long. No, that's the first game. Okay, I know it'll do one is only that's what I meant. It'll do one is only a couple hours long. All right, yeah, all right, like cool. I beat the first one like four times doing all the routes, and I have less play time in than in one than I do in two now. <laughs> so, it'll do two is more like Breath of the Wild in that, or Breath of the Wild on Master Mode, which is how I know the game. Whereas the combat is super hard to make you want to get stronger, like explore explore the world and you know, get upgrades and stuff. Mm -hmm. So the thing in this one is that there's eight main dungeons and you can do the first seven in any order. And the real problem with that is that unlike Breath of the Wild, they don't give you all the items at the start. Mm -hmm. So the thing is that... a crucial thing there. (laughs) Which is kind of the crucial thing there because the result is that they have to make it so that any dungeon you go into as your first one has to be beatable with just the stick you start with. And anything that you can find in the in the dungeon, so it just results in the puzzles being way way stripped down to just kind of some simple block pushing stuff early on, or like for the entire game kind of. Mm-hmm. Because like every dungeon is just like okay, here's a lot of combat and like one or two puzzles, and then oh, you'll get the item in the dungeon, and then once you've got a few items in you can start cheesing the fuck out of, like, every puzzle. Because one of the items is just make a block. So every block-pushing puzzle that doesn't expect you to have that is completely trivial trivial after that point. Because, mm-hmm. like, oh, well, if I need to stand on this switch and push a block onto that one, oops, I can just make a block right there. <laughs> Puzzle solved. So, like, it's very combat-focused for, like, the first seven dungeons, and, like, you once you have enough items, you start to break things. And then the eighth dungeon is super hard on the puzzles because the thing about the items in these games is that they'll interact with each other in kind of weird ways. Where in this one, it's like, oh, if you put an ice block down then shoot the force wand at it, the force wand, the bullet will bounce back at you and then it'll push a block two distances instead of one. Like, there's ways stuff interacts that isn't immediately apparent. And the 8th Dungeon expects you to know, like, all of them immediately. And there's no build-up puzzle-wise to that. And that was really annoying. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that being a little obnoxious. Because you've got a hint screen, this character named Tipsy, that'll give you hints throughout the game, but mostly they're pretty useless. But when you go to the 8th Dungeon, she's like, oh, and you know that this and this will do this, right? Just a heads up. It's like, yo, that's... So I had to look up a couple solutions there. because, And one puzzle I just did straight up did completely wrong, but I still managed to cheese it. Because there's one thing, it's like, to solve this puzzle, you only actually need to use one of the three items. And then I found a different solution that used all three and some timing and just cheesed it. And that felt kind of funny. But basically the game was trying to teach me a mechanic and I never learned it because I found an alternate solution. So then when I got to another puzzle that used that, I had no idea what to do. It's like all the people that kept dying on the last phase of my RPG because they used the the one skip boss <laughs> item on the tutorial uh, boss for that final boss. Yeah, so like, tutor- like tutorials kind of important if you want somebody to do something in a game. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's the revenge thing where it's possible to get oh. a tutorial without actually understanding how the parrying works, and then you're fucked yeah. unless you have a friend that explains <laughs> it to you. Yeah, that's one of the more notable examples. Yep. 
So I beat it'll do, and it's like, oh, but there's some side stuff here. Like, on the overworld, there's all these secret keys, and if you get enough of them, you'll open up a secret dungeon. So I did all that stuff as well. And, like, once you get into the secret dungeons and, like, are properly equipped and ready for the combat, I started really liking the game a lot more again. Okay. And the secret dungeon, like, the final, final thing in the game, like, secret dungeon number four goes back to the really really hard puzzles but at this point like i knew how to solve all of them eventually because i'd figured had finally learned all the weird little interactions between the items so i had a good time solving all the very difficult puzzles in there and some of them are just fucking bullshit the stuff they make you do where it's like <laughs> shoot the put a block over here shoot at the thing at it as soon as it hits the thing and the block disappears put another one over here then wait for this then shoot the beam at the beam you shot earlier as it bounces back and like fucking weird stuff and it's like oh very good and then <laughs> the last boss like combat wise is incredibly difficult but i beat that and just came away super satisfied huh so it kind of so, it's kind of the opposite of crossco where it really where you really came around I on think it kind of came into its own like super late because right. the, the opening of this game is so incredibly rough though like mm-hmm. i was like kind of not feeling but i think it kind of really comes into its own eventually and the thing i noticed on steam is that like it has a completion rate of 35 percent for the regular ending and 20 percent for the secret ending which is like super high honestly yeah that's mm-hmm. yeah that's not like, up there not the kind of numbers you usually see yeah so like the people that i don't think this game sold very well especially on steam i think maybe the switch version did better because there's less games that well there were less games on S- switch now there's like fucking 10 indies every day but uh it's weird seeing this game has a physical version in stores and i'm always like oh that's great yeah it'll do too on cart for the five people that want that should yeah. call it it'll too like yeah. no, right i think people getting into it for that one would have been so confused <laughs> yeah it'll do too really doesn't run off the tongue It'll do do more like if you if you didn't like oh, it you could have called, called it oh like more like it'll do do yeah D E U X it'll do <laughs> <laughs> that's what they should have called it or for banter kazooie yeah there you go so it's weird it's like I don't think this is a better made game than Cross Code and it didn't make me cry but Did I had a good parts yes it gets really good right in the middle there you go all right (laughs) but but it'll do felt like a more consistent experience i guess which also i kind of want to play the first one now the the puzzle thing that's what i'm saying the first thing the first one's totally your jam though because excellent yeah polly polly hates the first one because it's like all sliding it's literally all block puzzles (laughs) yeah I like block puzzles. I don't know. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, so that's my segment. John, we're, we're gonna throw it on back to you to get this episode uh, alive and kicking once more. Cool. So I told you that I played like three RPGs all the way through and a giant book, um, which and two of the RPGs were bad because they were Dragalia Lost and Atelier Arona. Atelier, mm-hmm. um, and then Dragon Quest Four, which I finished. Mm-hmm. So I've mm-hmm. been doing nothing during and after that. There's just nothing but tiny little 
like two to three hour things, and it's been very nice in comparison, especially to Atelier. Yeah. Oh. But the. But, oh, I did buy the trilogy though, so I have that sitting <laughs> right in front of. Yeah, yeah. You got to send Rhett. So I can play. You got to send Rhett your duplicate, oh. so he can play it. Absolutely. So now Stories. you have Fate Stay Night and the Atelier trilogy staring at you with the first Ooh, game yeah. played in both of them. And the next game, and in both cases, the next one is renowned for being quite a bit better. Yeah, uh, yeah. People like Unlimited Lake Works. Um, and Tutorial's cute. Um, but the big one that I wanted to talk about was that I played The Missing. Oh, or the JJ Mi- Macfield and the Island of Memories. Oh, hey, that's the new sweary game. It is the new sweary game. I have not played Deadly Premonition. But the Deadly neat. Premonition is is look, it's it's a game that's so bad it's good, honestly. But it's really <laughs> smart in how it, it it does its things. It's got some weird, skeevy, problematic stuff near the end. But mm, but I all in all, that. like it's just like that game's a trip. If you don't want to play Deadly Premonition, um, two teams at Giant Bomb each did concurrent playthroughs of it, so you've got two different flavors. You know, like Vinny and. Jeff did one, and then Ryan and Brad also did one. Um, they're both really good. Like, so if you just want to like watch people play through this weird thing and just kind of poke at it and be very bewildered, that, that's a pretty good way to experience Deadly Premonition if you don't want to play through the jank. I just finished Atelier Verona, Polly. I think I'm probably okay <laughs> with the jank. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, have a... I played like an hour of Deadly Premonition. I was like... Yeah, I got to the driving and stuff, and just like, eh. yeah, you get used to it. You just kind of like that is a game I had to just like be real comfy to sit and play because it's slow moving. Everything about it feels real bad to yeah. play, but it's just like I really like these characters in the story. I think you, I'll you just have to go. turn off. You have to turn off your inner poly. To... <laughs> <laughs> I think one of those days I'll just go for the giant bomb playthroughs yeah go 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 that route that's literally been my like inner how i've kind of characterized it when i'm playing a game and then i'm just like like, oh this is really annoying in this like specific actiony way or like the feel of it is really bad or something and it's kind of grating on me and then i'm like oh my inner poly's getting mad (laughs) i'm very picky I know it's great because I, I, I've characterized that voice, and now I have that in my head. When that was previously something I didn't really give much thought to, um, so I, that's probably a good segue. Like a thing about the missing is that I did make my inner poly mad a lot. Uh oh. Mm. Uh oh. Because it's it's very it's very janky. It look it runs worse than any game I've ever <laughs> tried running on my computer. I think. Um, I don't mean that. It just has lots of little graphical glitches and like the credits bugged out actually. Like it froze and then wait for like 30 seconds and then jump to the end of the credits. <laughs> oh the God. backgrounds, the backgrounds fucked up a bunch. What the very important cinematic beat at the end, it just like froze and then shook oh. into place. And I didn't know what was happening and I didn't know how much of it was graphical errors and how much was it being arty. Oh god, that's like nice. when I got to the end of the Bloodstained Curse of the Moon and the one big fucking epic moment, the climax <laughs> bugged out. And I just, I didn't get that moment of catharsis. Oh, it's so sad, because that is so the best part of the game. It's so fucking good. Ugh, oh, that's rough. So, 
the big the big moment landed, but it feels janky. It looked like it was hitching a bit. Like I wound up turning the graphics down, trying to get it to feel smooth. Mm-hmm. And it has this big old like made in Unity splash screen right at the start, oh, and I'm no. like, come on. Don't give them a bad name. This is not their fault. Yeah. I've played a lot of Unity games this year that run silky smooth. Mm. And this, so having the splash screen at the start was like, hey, come on now. Don't give them, they already have it pretty rough from the internet. Don't, they didn't, they couldn't afford Unity Pro or whatever. That I don't know. Splash screen. <laughs> I have a splash screen on this $30 video game. It's That's like they're the doing Switch. that on purpose. Mm-hmm. So it's the, it's on PC. I don't know if the console version better. It run it ran bad on my machine, and my machine is you know six years old, but it's run everything smoothly. Like if you don't optimize Unity games, they can yeah. run like fucking turds. Like Road Redemption was a game that started out real good, like it was silky smooth, and then. Like, every build after they went to, like, the latest version has just, like, that game's total dog shit now. What the mm. fuck? How does it get worse? They just add too much? I don't know. Like, they moved to a new version of Unity, and it completely fucked the game. Cool. Yeah, great! <laughs> great. Now you've got years of early access reviews that are throwing trash. Yeah, like, I, th- I still think that, like, the Peep Show episode I did with it's still up. Like, it's just like, yeah, okay, yeah. that's like four years ago. Oh my god, it's a different game now. God, is that game even out of early access at this I point? I think it did come out a year or so ago. Yeah, just, I just, I like, no acclaim because... I stopped caring I because, yeah. one, it ran bad, and two, like, they made a lot of gameplay decisions that made it really barfy. Jesus. Ah. Seems like coming at it from both ends there. Yep. <laughs> I feel like a lot of early access games, if they get a lot of attention up front, then they get nothing when it comes out finally. I, like, yeah. Nuclear Throne kind of sailed for a bit after release, but it dropped real quick. I thought that game was going to be so big, and then it wasn't. Like, it was way bigger in early access, because you had people like Northern Lion giving it daily attention all the time. And after it came out, like, well, okay, yeah. they were literally building this game as they went in early access, and when you got to the end of early access, there was no big thing to come after that. It's just like, the game's mm. done. You've seen everything. You've done everything. Yeah. Man, there's something said. There's something deflating and sad about that. Yeah, because I kind of feel like CrossCode came out and kind of hasn't had any sort of splash, honestly. Because mm-hmm. yeah, that was a game just people I mean, know knew about in early access for like five years, and it had super good reviews, and a lot of people, you know, played and beat the game, and then you know, whatever. Now it's out, and it's just nothing. It just came out in a super busy period, really. Like, which I think mm. is all the time for video games now. Yeah. There's just shit coming out every day. I think they'll get us some attention if it comes out on consoles, though. Kind of like mm. Hollow Knight. Had to. Yeah, we can hope. Oh, is it out? Says Taylor. <laughs> so the missing uh, and the other thing that made my inner poly mad. Um, there's at least one puzzle that's just bullshit. Like I googled it and watched somebody do it online, and I and it still made no sense. Like, and that's you saying was, it. Yeah, this is me. I'm very. There's one right at the start that's really tricky, um, but it kind of has to be because it's teaching you. Like, mm-hmm. it's sort of like putting a wall in front of you, and then the only way you can progress is to figure out your main verb. 
And I think it's very nice that they make you think of it yourself instead of telling you because mm-hmm. it, it's a cool moment. It's a cool moment to figure that out for yourself. So uh, like how, does this play kind of similar to Limbo or that other? What's it's the other it's one? a linear string of puzzle set pieces. Okay, cool. Uh, it is a Limbo-like, for sure. <laughs> Um, so there's JJ and I think Emily and they're on an island and they love each other a lot. Um, that's the premise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Emily vanishes and in a storm and they're camping out and then JJ wakes up and looks for her and you have a dedicated Emily, Emily, Emily oh, great. button. Great. You get an no, Emily button. Fantastic. <laughs> you get an Emily button. Yeah. Emily is missing. Um, and then you quickly, you move to the island and a weird, and then you get struck by lightning. Okay. But then come back. There's a button, then there's a, you revive your character. Um, so all of the, and it's like painful because like all the, there's a lot of, the main mechanic here is dying in ways and then um, coming back to life in ways that are puzzle verbs, essentially. Right. Um, and it's kind of, so it's sort of like the limbo thing where there's a bunch of grisly deaths everywhere. But then in this one, like that's part of the point. And most of the time you like at some point, like you can be like a little rolling head (laughs) by just jumping. You jump into spikes until all your body falls up and then you're a little rolling head and then you can revive back to a full body. Like that's one of the like five or six kind of rules. Um, So that's the interacting with it. It's a grizzly limbo game built around a um, and it's the kind of thing that could have been really, really, really gross, I think. I don't know how much the, that vibe... The trailer kind of gave me that vibe, to be honest. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't think it is. Um, but... Okay. There's, there's later stuff in the story that, um, it, I cried a lot at the very end. It is. I liked it more than Limbo or Inside. Mm, um, the story cool. felt was very pleasing to me, and then I cried a bunch. Um, it would probably more so if it had, if I hadn't like, if it hadn't janked out during a big moment. Um, but the it's leaning into this really ugly um, mechanic and rule and. Like, this is just sort of a thing to... This is an inner sense I have. When I see the death animations, you know, in a compilation of Tomb Raider, um, mm-hmm. I know there's something horny and gross about it. I know the gay... I know that the yeah. gays there is... There's it's game. There's that Game of Thrones, like, okay, so, yeah. all right, someone was getting off on this. It's like she's dead, and, but there's some boobs right there. And all oh, the death animations... Got, the death animations in the new Tomb Raider games, I think the first one may have been a little worse, are, like, way over the top. Oh, yeah, they're... Like, yeah. there's one where she gets, like, stabbed in the neck, 
and then kind of flails at her neck for like five seconds and then humps slumps over dead. It's just like, come the fuck on, man. Yeah. Like in Uncharted when you die, you just drag on it. Yeah. That's my, that is, I see that and it's just instant. I know, oh, someone was getting off on this. (laughs) So this is a game. So having a lot of experience with, you know, being horny, fun, luridly detailed death animations in video games. (laughs) Um, having potentially sought them out at times. Um, I, this game doesn't trigger those sensors in me. Mm. Um, I don't, it does not, the gaze of it does not feel horny to me with killing the cute girl main character over and over and over. Like that's, ki- no, you I mean, don't kill her. Yeah. Cause Sorry. you just kind of come back. Right. Yeah. She comes back to, I mean, if you, if you like roll your head into the spike pit, then it, explodes into blood and then it fades to black and then you come back so but so you, that's just you kind, can't of have a, arbitrary. kind of a, a game over state but yeah but then it's just like limbo so there's no death is not like a the way it treats it is not super serious that way um that is the that that set of interactions is built into is relevant to the story in a cool way that made me cry a little bit in the end so her head explodes for the final time. <laughs> Her head's uh, exploding with gay, and it makes you happy. Essentially. Um, I don't think I am really qualified to like fully dissect the politics, but knowing what I knew about Deadly Premonition, um, it seems like the dude has grown a lot. Yeah. Yeah, since then. there's definitely. Cool. I've definitely seen some of the discourse around that, and he, like between both the creator and the people playing it, and there definitely seems to be a lot of things adding up here. Where it's just like, yeah, like you might not have knocked it out of the park with these things, but it shows a want to understand or at least try to portray it in a realistic and humanizing manner, and not just something that's just awful and dehumanizing. Yeah, that was my vibe of it. Like, it got to me in a cool way. Um, it is still a game where you have to do limbo puzzles for, like, four hours. <laughs> and boy, I am so... Much as I so want to support... That. Much as I want to support my boy Swery, I just, like, this game's not for me. Um, like, I played Limbo, and it's just like, I already did that, and I don't want to do it again. But, but, but Polly, you forgot they made Limbo Two Inside. I don't want. Like, I have I have is... less than zero interest in Inside. <laughs> I like Inside more, but it's like literally the same game until like a half hour from the end. Yeah, mm, and then the missing is better than either of them. But you've already played that game twice, and it's got. But I lo- I kind of like uh, that game, so I may give this a shot now. I was kind of on the fence. Okay, go. I think Inside was a was it definitely ran better, and the puzzles felt. There were never any points where I felt like it was bullshitting mm-hmm. me, like the missing does in like one or two places. Um, but I like the story more, so yeah, that was my takeaway. Um, in both th- Limbo and Inside, go ahead. I just wonder what this game is doing to run so badly because, like, no Inside is a fully three D game. Like, it looks pretty damn good, honestly. Mm-hmm. So I wonder where they goofed it it could just be optimization mm. towards yeah. whatever card john is running it on because poncho said that he had like no issues running it so yeah 
I'm sure. Yeah. Hey, I'm sure if there are issues with the game, the Steam reviews will let you know. Yeah, that's literally <laughs> there. Any negative review, <laughs> any negative review, ninety percent of negative reviews won't start because of my uh, one thing. The one thing that is yeah. exclusive to my setup. <laughs> but I mean, like. But there are titles that are like legitimately poorly optimized. And oh, absolutely. Reviews, we'll let you know, like near Automata, PC. Yeah, yeah. Woo boy. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a bummer. Real bummer about that one. Mm-hmm. So that was my like. It's a loaded. It's a loaded text, and <laughs> it is also a fucking limbo game. Um, a nice time with it and cried a lot. And I don't know. I think it. It made, I definitely want to play Deadly Premonition. There you go. So you like so the I think jank. that's my... I don't like the jank. I like the, I like the heart. I there's a lot of jank in Deadly Premonition. There's a lot of jank, heart. but there's also a lot of heart in Deadly Premonition. He's really swinging yeah. for the fences for that Twin Peaks flavor, and you just... You gotta enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. So, that's my Deadly Premonition adventure. Mm. Like, I could... I have other things I could talk about. We could swing it around, I think. Okay. Yeah. Rat. It's it's funny though, thinking of like limbo yeah. inside style games, there's that Yume Nikki remake they did. Ooh. Yeah, like, just no one played. I'd never <sighs> heard anyone. Yeah, that that, that, I, that I was the first time I, playing this was the first time I thought about that game. Yeah. All I've I heard about that about game that. is it is entirely tone deaf. God, that's a bummer. Especially since that seven-minute trailer was pretty good. So, it is a new game. It's like, well, remake new game. It's it's a limbo game. I guess it's definitely not a remake because it plays totally different. But I Mm. I, I'm morbidly curious about it because I like never even looked up any footage of it. You guys mm-hmm. were just like, mm, it's it's not what you wanted. Well, you got holiday sales coming up at the end of the year. That thing's going to be like two dollars. With- Unless the dev band the dev abandoned it, which yeah, happens that, sometimes. That happens. Mm-hmm. It's a it's puzzles and shit, and that's a platformer, and that's just so not like I'm fine with that. I like puzzles and I like platformers, but Yumi Nikki was so much more. <laughs> So it's just mm. so it feels so crass. Like it gets like limbo, right? Ugh. Yeah, it's like Hollywood Yume Nikki. I don't know. <laughs> Jeez. I'm so curious. It just sounds like it. I just have I just don't because I love Yume Nikki so much. Yeah. Wasn't that your game of the year? Like He was year? my game of the year last year. Yeah. Jeez. I really liked it. I still okay. really like it. Yeah, and then I made, it, made a whole game that ripped off a bunch of parts for it. <laughs> hmm. Because hmm. I like. Okay. Did you have another thing? So I have another thing. I have another things. Uh, I watched a shitload of anime lately. Uh oh. Ooh. So I'm just gonna kind of smash through these pretty quickly. <laughs> So it was not infuriate Polly with taking an hour to talk about anime. Uh, I watched the Steins Gate Zero anime, which we kind of touched on briefly. Mm-hmm. So I did a weird thing, though, because the original series was a long time ago. So I watched the last three episodes of the original anime. So I watched 22, 23, 24. And the funny thing is that 22, which is kind of like 
what would be the normal ending in for that game mm-hmm. it gets referenced a lot later on in like little ways like there's nods to it and then there's even a part in steins gate zero where they go back to that timeline to that direct moment yeah to that direct moment and i'm like man i would not have understood that moment at all because you know having watched that scene like originally like seven years seven ago years ago yeah i would have been like wait what why did I'm, I'm lost but then when i hit got to it i'm like heart ripped out like oh my god you you bastards how could you do that like i said steins gate is real good at ripping your heart out and making you feel real fucking sad so i was real glad i'd so i was real glad i'd watched episode rewatched episode 22 before doing this but then what i found out later on is that in like a japanese only blu-ray release of the original series they made something called episode 23 alpha i think which is the bad ending version of that episode. Yeah, that's kind of... Oh, wow, and that, weird. And then, and then that leads directly into Steins Gate Zero. And the fact that that scene isn't included in the Steins Gate Zero anime specifically is kind of weird because the last third of that show is like, we have to go back and fix that specific moment. That moment, yeah. That's the thing we have to fix. <laughs> So they have flashbacks to it, but if you've only been watching the anime versions, like you never actually saw that moment play out proper, it's it's weird. Yeah. So I watched episode twenty three normal, then twenty four normal, and then I watched the Steinsgate movie, which takes place after the TV series proper. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Like it doesn't seem essential. It doesn't seem essential. I think it's based on like a manga made by somebody probably not associated with the original writers and stuff. Yeah. And it gets real fast and loose with time travel shit by then. Like, it's it's so weird. Like, I watched this movie, then dove right into Steinsgate Zero proper, mm-hmm. and, and kind of immediately forgot the movie. Yeah, so the last, the, the last half hour just feels like a weird dream I had, where it's just <laughs> like, like, I honestly can't tell you kind of how it ended where like the last 20 minutes <laughs> just feels like this dream of characters literally drifting through time holy and, shit like, Rhett this is your reading Steiner oh my god no mine's kind of half baked <laughs> the funny thing is that there's actually an OVA that takes place between the end of the series the first series and the movie and I didn't rewatch that because I one I forgot about it two I looked it up on my anime list, and I'm like, oh, I watched this and gave it a 6 out of 10. Like, it's super inessential and kind of bad. Mm. So I watched all that, and then I watched Steins Gate Zero, which is good. Like, I really liked how it ended, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird given how you were kind of... Yeah, I never, got around to, I never got around to watching the climax of mm-hmm. Steins Gate Zero, and I really wish I had of, because, like I said, yeah. like I kind of felt that... I understand why the game ends the way it does. It's just... yeah. I needed a little more panache. I needed a little more zazz, and it just doesn't I'm, have it. I don't want to talk specifics, but I feel like <laughs> there's a chance they may have reorganized a couple of the final moments just to give it that little yeah, to give ex- it that extra oomph. spice at the end. And I think just due to the nature of anime in general, like, hey, you know going in, this is the last episode. Yeah. You know, you know that no matter what, this is going to end in 23 minutes. Like, you're not going to get blindsided and suddenly have it be over in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Which that was fun. Maybe somebody. it was like the last Twilight movie, where they just added a twenty-minute fight scene <laughs> climax when there wasn't anything. Didn't they? And then didn't they go like that was a dream? 
Yes, they didn't change the plot. They just added a 20-minute fight scene. And then immediately wrote it out. <laughs> yes. Ridiculous. It's very good. Twilight is bad. Yes. Eh. So I think what's weird about Steins Gate Zero to me is that it kind of... So I'm watching the anime version, which obviously is not as good as the visual novel, but like it seems to kind of jump between ideas a lot, where originally going in, I thought it was going to kind of be like, Hey, we're gonna do for like AI and artificial, you know, artificial intelligence, like what we did for time travel. Mm-hmm. So like a new story with the same characters, and then by the end, it's kind of just like feels more of a direct sequel to the original, where it's like fully leaning into the time travel stuff. Yeah, like, like it just kind of goes back to being <laughs> three thousand fix... time leaps, dude. It, yeah, and the the escalation gets insane. it gets real bonkers by the end. Like, you kind of can't take it seriously after that happens. <laughs> yes, we get it. He's broken. <laughs> yeah. he Like, come on. <laughs> it's still good. Yeah, it's still good. Like, I kind of felt guilty that I liked the part that did kind of feel more like a remake of the original. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like that fight against fate. We have to fix this unfixable thing through excessive use of time travel, even though the first half is just like, time travel's bad, you will fuck everything up, and then everything gets fucked up anyways. Yeah, it's just like, you're fucked either way. It doesn't <laughs> matter which timeline you're in, it's best, like, with the power of friendship, we will yeah. we will just forge our own fucking path, and <laughs> goddammit, if it's yeah. all fucked by the end, who cares? At least we're friends. <laughs> Higurashi. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Perfect example. So that show's good, but it's. I th- do think that series gets a little sloppy with how messy the time travel gets by all the end of it. Yeah, even even in the VN, I was kind of like rolling my eyes at some of the. It's like, oh come on, yeah, guys, come on, you're Steinsgate or Higurashi. Steinsgate. Steinsgate. Gotcha. Like the movie plot is like because he's been time leaping so much, Okabe just starts jumping through timelines against his own will. Yeah, it's, like, uncontrollable. <laughs> yeah, so Krisu's gotta start time-traveling herself to find and save him. Yeah, and he gets it's just kind real of... Real trippy. Yeah. Then she runs out, and then her friend like, almost gets hit by a train, and she doesn't know what to do, but then her then the main friend uses up his last time leap to save them. Is this a reference? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good one, apparently. Uh, so the resounding that... silence would confirm that. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. Uh, so after that, I watched an anime that many years ago, I watched the first episode and dropped it mm-hmm. and didn't get back to it for like seven years. Uh, I watched all of Shiki because it was Halloween. Oh, well, yeah. Makes oh! Sense. This is a vampire story. Mm-hmm. And the thing that really put me off early on is that the character designs feel like they fell out of a 90s mecha show. And that still kind of stayed with me the whole way, but you kind of get used to it. That Mm -hmm. the art style just feels wildly inappropriate and everyone looks kind of crazy with spiky anime hair. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the thing I had heard about this show, like I do like it, but it maybe felt like a little bit too long because it's a full two cores. And like it spends a super long time kind of building up the mystery. And it's like, yeah, I get it. It's vampires. It's like, 
eight episodes to kind of really start getting going, mm-hmm. which is like could have practically done the whole show by now. But the thing about this show is that I had always heard like, oh, you'll feel really bad for the vampires by the end, and that didn't happen. Whoops. <laughs> oh. Alright. Because the vampires keep their memories when they become vampires, and they're just assholes. They immediately turn on their friends and family and like, oh man, I'm gonna I, I gotta I gotta suck my friend's blood. I can't control it. I don't know. I feel like Polly's silence indicates she doesn't really give a shit about this show. I don't give a shit about this show at all. Really? No. Nope. How come? I it just never appealed to me in the least. Hmm. Like I, I think I was well eyeballing it because I like horror. I read a synopsis yeah. and I was just like, eh. I think it's better than you'd think about going in. I don't know. There's some really, really effective scenes. Like there's a there's a scene that John will know what I'm talking about. It huh? it's uncomfortable, like in that made in abyss way. <laughs> like but maybe even worse. Oh, man. Like, the morality of what some characters do because they are fighting against these vampires. Like, basically, the message of the show is that the humans have to kind of throw away their own humanity to defeat the vampires. I get what it's going for. Yeah. Yeah. And it also did a super weird thing where I finished watching the show and I was like, hmm, kind of feels like I missed a little bit. Like, I still have a couple questions. And I found out there's two, like, extra OVA episodes. Like... 23.5 and 22.5 and i'm like oh for fuck's sake like right at the end you shove in extra episodes that's how you get blu-ray sales these days dog it's real shitty because those episodes never get licensed yeah that's what kills me is i watched this show legally on crunchyroll then found out i missed two episodes and have to go digging through like fucking viewanime.com slash (laughs) to get the rest and it's it's frustrating so like one of those episodes was really good too and like totally could have just worked in where it would have been in the show and then the other one is this random like it's it would have been the penultimate episode like it's 23.5 out of like 24 episodes and it's it's a basically a recap episode <laughs> about this brand new character who apparently was in the background the entire time so it's like, because the show, it's kind of like Higurashi, where it's about this whole town. Like, there's a fucking ton of characters in the yeah. show. So it's like, oh, here's this character we literally never mentioned before. Here's what she was doing this entire time. What's and up? So, How's it going, so Hanyu? weird. And then she does something super, super important at the end of the episode. Like, maybe the most important thing in the entire show. But if you don't watch this OVA episode, you'll have no idea why that thing happened. She presses and the vampire th- button and vampires get activated. No, the, oh, shit. The vampires are activated by episode one. She activates them twice. <laughs> Double activation. Double vampires. That's why they're, that's why they're more dicks when they get... Because they're, they're getting double vampired now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I could stand to be double vampired. Yeah, I, I guess Polly is just unapproachable on the show, but I think John would enjoy parts of it. Yeah, because it's a good horror anime, and there's maybe not that many of those. No, kind of seems like it. And there's some there's some good scenes of torture, basically. Oh, just some real deliciously some awesome torture. Good, you guys like, are gonna love it. 
Mm. Vampires being dragged through the street streets begging not to be killed and then they get killed, you know? <laughs> like again, like you think the whole point of the show is that like, oh, the humans are the real monsters and I'm like, nope, the vampires are still the monsters. Kill them all. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh no. It's like, yeah, like the humans may have done some real shitty things, but like the 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 actions of the vampires way shittier. Yeah. <laughs> you start basically you started this fight. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, so continuing the anime train what did I watch oh so the next show I watched also keeping in the Halloween theme is a show called Zombieland Saga and this it's fucking show it's a sequel to that one comedy movie right the what movie it's not I, can't, I can't say anything about it I just remember seeing it a couple times it's called Zombieland oh, oh it, I remember why I cared about it it's because the place at the theme park that was like 45 minutes away from the place I lived for 10 years. Uh, so I was, oh, you know, like, I oh, think oh, I actually cool. have seen Zombieland. Or maybe there's something <laughs> else. Anyway, Zombieland Saga I'm... is totally different. Okay. This is one of the weirdest anime I've ever seen. It's about a girl who gets hit by a bus like 13 seconds into the episode and dies. Whoops. And she wakes up 10 years later in a house full of zombies. And she runs outside, looks in the mirror... And realizes that she's a zombie too. Well, oh, crud. okay, I'm reading about this one now. And then, wait, slow what? question: Is the show horny? I can't remember from the. No, picks. not really. Okay, okay. Continue. It's a, it's a, it's cute girls, not sexy girls, basically. Okay. But then, so she goes back to this house full of zombies, and she meets the manager, who has a plan to take these zombie girls and make an idol group. Oh no. <laughs> so the first two episodes of the show are fucking hilarious because it is just the most nonsense I've ever seen in like anything. It goes from like kind of serious like fake scary zombie stuff at this first episode to them having a rap battle by the end of the second episode. Because they're not go. getting along with each other. So there's like a five minute rap battle. We're and gonna it's just, fucking beef. We're gonna beef. Yeah. They beef on stage and she like throws the microphone down and stuff and like it gets so weird. And that's when we recorded the first half of this episode, that's where I was. Mm -hmm. And I would have just had nothing but praise for this show. And then episode uh -oh. three happens. Uh-oh. And all of a sudden they play it one hundred percent straight. Uh, to the point where it's it's almost like that's the joke for that episode where they just they get they're like okay let's actually do this idol thing and they're dancing and singing and training as idols and then there's a fucking dance number at the end where they do a, get on a stage and they switch to CG models like Love Live oh no and they actually just 100% ironically do an idol show is that and the rest of the series no. So then episodes okay. four and five are also not as good as the first two. I don't think they'll ever hit those highs again, but they're also really stupid. <laughs> and then six and seven play it more straight again, but with also this one, the dumbest thing I've ever seen in a show besides the other stuff in the show, they're doing a live concert and they get hit by lightning. <laughs> So 
they get hit by lightning and the crowd is like, oh my god, they're all dead. And they stand up and they're glowing blue. Like, they have this neon blue outline. And they start singing in auto-tune. Oh my <laughs> fucking god. Because they're electrified. Oh sure. my god. <laughs> wow. And I have no idea if this show thinks it's that funny or not. Like it's hard to know if it's playing it fucking straight or if they it's or if it's just joke. so deadpan that you can't tell. It's walking that line real closely. Like the first two episodes I was like, "Oh, this is this is obviously they're in on the joke." And then episode 3 is like, "Oh, they're not in on the joke." And then ever since then it's like Think they're in on, they think they're in on the joke? <laughs> that they're making a really stupid show, but I'm not sure? <laughs> I think they I think they have to know they're making a pretty stupid show, but man, it's why. That's real stupid. <laughs> uh, and then I watched one more show real quick. Go this is it. a show called A Place Further Than the Universe. And it's just this... Re- so tell me if you've heard this one before. Oh man, this just sounds like a Makoto Shinkai thing waiting to happen. This, yep. That was that's, that's 100% the vibe I got from that title and the first couple episodes. But it's like... <laughs> it's good Shinkai. Also, I don't think it's actually him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it definitely evokes that sense of wanting to go on a journey, you know, to a place unreachable, basically. So tell me if you've heard this one before. It's a show about these four girls... In high school. All right. That's already unique enough. Okay. Yeah, I know. That's why I said. But the twist this time is that they want to go to Antarctica. No, they're not zombies. (laughs) They want to go to Antarctica. That's a reasonable dream, I suppose. I suppose. But it's like, they're high school girls. It's actually really hard for civilians to get to Antarctica. Yeah. Like, leave this to the Yuru Camp girls. They probably got this figured out. (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of funny that this aired like right after the next season after that so it's like you go from a show about these girls going on kind of small camping trips to a show about girls going on this one massive super dangerous camping trip this fucking exodus <laughs> yeah this expedition <laughs> so the reason one of them wants to go to Antarctica is because her mom is waiting for her there and Basically, it's because her mom went to Antarctica and never came back. So you kind of oh. know that the show is actually going to have. It's going to have a moment. It's going to have a moment where you're going to cry a bunch. Yeah. And it 100% <laughs> does have that moment. Like, so the thing about the show is that, like, I don't think I've ever seen a show that uses insert songs so much where, like, Every single episode has a moment at the end where they play a song and like it's time to what's happening and then I start crying at the end. Every episode <laughs> ever of Macross. Oh god. Yeah, M- M- Macross probably has more insert songs than this, but this is like every episode for real. Mm. And it's just this one story about these four girls like kind of trying to do this impossible task of getting to Antarctica and it te- and it treats it very pretty seriously, mm-hmm. all things considered. And it's just a really strong, like, kind of well-acted, where good characters. Very good show that I cried a bunch, like, multiple times during. God, I host a podcast where all yeah. everybody does is cry. This is fucking <laughs> Eureka 7. 
<laughs> it's just a really good show about you know friendship and moving like a big thing is kind of moving moving past. on it reminds me of the premise yeah. that like I, i've got a show on my to watch list called uh, i think it's anohana and it's about oh, like somebody somebody close to this group of people <laughs> dies unexpectedly and i guess like that series is kind of about dealing with that loss and moving past mm-hmm. it so it seems I, like that kind of story yeah i think that one is more explicitly a trying to make you cry show whereas this show has a good balance between the emotional moments and kind of the comedy and the characters mm-hmm. anohana like the last episode of that is probably the hardest I've ever cried at a show. Oh man! Really? What <laughs> yeah. about what about what about Chrono Crusade? Fuck you! That's a good show. Fuck you! That ending <laughs> that that show spent the entire duration earning its ending, and you ju- you're just mad. You're mad, but you'll cry at every other fucking dinky little show about cute little girls and idol groups dying and getting struck by lightning. You'll, you'll cry over that bullshit, but an ending that is well-earned, that it spent its entire duration enforcing, uh, and you... I'm not and even And you get listening. pissed off. You get pissed off. <laughs> Chrono Crusade is good. A place further than the universe is way better. I'm gonna disagree. Yeah, I'm gonna disagree, and I haven't even seen it. That's what I'm gonna do. That's what you, you do on the internet, it. right? You do you uninformed opinions and you yeah. just fucking roll with it. I was looking through the oh. writing credits and whatnot, and that got me down a hole. Um, mm-hmm. Have you seen the Sound Euphonium movie yet? The Bluebird one? No, because they're not playing anywhere near me. Oh, that sounds like it'll make it'll wreck yeah. you. Good. <laughs> Good. Oh, another thing about uh, Place Further Than the Universe is that it's not corny at all. And that's really fucking refreshing. I'm kind of tired of horny media, if I'm honest. But I mean, horny anime specifically. Like, yeah, for like, high school there's girls, always like, some oh. kind of horny aspect, and I'm just kind of yeah. over it right now. Yeah, mm. so the fact that this is like... It's classy anime that you could watch with your family, basically. Like, it feels like a long movie, honestly. Mm. Mm. Like, even though it's a bunch of episodes episodic episodes that all kind of have like a nice 23 minute arc like the overall feeling of it's like movie quality basically it's really good that's cool i think the anime i'm out of credit at the most was the psycho manga man yeah, yeah. psychono anime, hits real fucking uh, hard you know especially and in the manga like, where it gets nice and stretched out to we like, get the full uh, build yeah like psychono it's just like constant downward spiral. Like things are just getting <laughs> worse and worse and it never gets better. <laughs> like, holy shit. Like, and the manga just drives you further into that hole. I still really like that show though. I think it's stupidly really honest with itself about a lot That's of things nice. really. Mm-hmm. I saw people, like, spit shitting on it earlier, like, a couple months ago, and I was like, fuck you. <laughs> it's just that, this is tragedy porn. This is trying to make you I, feel sad. Uh, I do remember kind of thinking that during one of the character deaths. Oh, I was yeah. just like, oh, come on. Yeah, yeah it's like, that did not need to happen. <laughs> Nobody says this is happiness porn. Yeah, where's all the happiness porn? Okay. This is just trying to make me feel good. <laughs> God. 
Who wants to Ugh. feel good? Ugh. Yuck. That's what Eurocamp is for. That's happy porn. There you go. That show doesn't seem horny at all, right? Which one? Eurocamp. I know. It's 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 happy porn. Okay. Just not actually. There you go. Look, we said tragedy porn. The opposite of that has to be happy porn. Right. People will say. Yeah, it's not porn. But it's, it's not, not actual porn. That is happy. Porn. Enough that makes you feel happy. And then you say like, ugh, this is just trying to make me feel happy. Ugh. <laughs> You watched a lot of anime, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Got I hope I watch TV. Hmm? Got any more? I started watching Cells at Work and it seems good, but I'm only mm-hmm. on like episode two. It's got a lot I of I hope work I start watching television I... and movies again on my own. Like I just am not. Yeah. It's really sad. Saying? I got my brother over here and watched the entire Castlevania show. And I was like, well, time for not TV and movies, I guess. <laughs> It's Polly like I need movies. that extra pressure. Polly, a person you talked over Polly, Dad. I, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm going to make John feel sorry. bad for the rest of the episode now. He cut me off and continued <laughs> to cut me off for a good minute there. Didn't allow me to get my point across. Now I can't make now it. I'll never know. And now Rhett will never oh. know. Congratulations, John. You've ruined so another podcast. <laughs> that makes sense. Does Castlevania Season 2 end? Um... I mean, no, it's building into the next season, but it has a satisfying climax. Okay, but I would say. they're probably going to make more. Yeah, they're they are making more. It's like licensed for that. I hear and they're pulling good, shit from the, like the PS2 games for that thing. Yep, literally the best characters I found out were two were Hector and Isaac from the Curse of Darkness. Curse of Darkness, um, Lament of Innocence. <laughs> they mentioned the or, I doubt Lament of Innocence will get uh, mentioned because that's like a Belmont Origins story there. But those PS2 games aren't bad. I actually played a bit of those again um, mm-hmm. over the past week. Just kind of like threw them in mm. just to, just to kind of like take me back because I played each one of them once and it's just like, okay, you know, like they were never like games that kind of jump out at you like, I'm going to play these again someday. So I pulled them out and was just like, it's not bad. The Men of Innocence is a little basic. It's uh, still got a lot of those Castlevania 64 roots going to it, but uh, Curse of Darkness, it's still pretty solid. They kind of brought back some of the RPG mechanics that kind of made it feel like worth fighting enemies again rather than just running room to room. <laughs> cool. cool. Yeah, I, I heard one friend say that he thought those were the best feeling Iga games. Not that there's much competition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tried to play Aria of Sorrow again, too. Yeah, and it's good, right? I like Aria of Sorrow, but then I got to the Hanging Gardens, and it was like, man, I bet John Thire loves this map. And that's where I quit. Because it's, it's one of those, you go in one place and come out somewhere where you're not supposed to kind of maps. Um. And I was, just, I was done. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's why I... St- that That's why I decided I would never play this again. Like, I've beaten it before, obviously, but I was just like, oh... Okay, I've reached my limit. I don't know. I had a weird Castlevania kick uh, over mm. the last week, and just kind of like replayed Castlevania one and three, and then uh, nice. I'm gonna play through. I'll probably play through four tonight. Just uh, cool. Just to kind of relax. I haven't I haven't given four a fair chance. I've always kind of felt four was a little bloated mm. uh, when you compare it to kind of like the snappiness of Bloodlines, where it's just kind of in and out and does its thing. 
Like, you kind of got to live in Super Castlevania 4 a little bit, because it's like, I think it's like 13 fucking stages or something. It's long. And you can twirl the whip around. And you can twirl the whip! (laughs) That's all I ever did as a kid. I was like, oh, I can do this now. Weird. Konami really showing off that segmented animation shit. (laughs) I've been too mean to 3 and 4 for that. Mm. And to welcome my heart, open my heart back up. It was it was a little annoying because I played like every almost every Castlevania game in the last couple of years now. Main yeah. one that this show pulls from besides three <laughs> is the fucking are the PS2 games. They do <laughs> mention they mention Leon by name, like they allude to that. Yeah, it's really funny. That's pretty. But cool. then the actual characters are these Curse of Darkness characters, which takes place around the three timeline wise, right? Yeah, so but it's, it's, a se- it's a it's a sequel to three. Cool. That makes sense. I guess while we're mentioning Castlevania, I'll just sit, throw out that I played Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Jetstorm. That's, uh, yeah, the Hanging Garden is the one with the squares at the top of the map. They're fucking terrible. It's awful. And I, like, I, like I said, while I was playing, and I was like, I bet John Thire really loves this map. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, so you played uh, it's Castlevania. Different you you played Bloodstained life. Curse of the Moon, right? Yeah. Your thoughts. I was like, I was like, did Polly even hear me? She just went on the talk in the chat. Your thoughts. <laughs> I, I, talk, I talked over you because there was a point to be made. I know. I like it. I know. You can do that sometimes. Jesus Christ, John. <laughs> God damn it. Rain it in, fire. <laughs> I'm doing my best. <laughs> We've got like a half second of lag probably, and it's just killing us right now. That ha- That has to be what it is. Yeah. So I've never really liked Castlevania whatsoever, and I like I like Bloodstained Curse of the Moon a lot. It's really well done. It plays yeah. way better than a lot of those older games. Yeah, it's probably it's real a lot of smooth. that. It's real smooth, and it's like not as hard. Definitely not as hard as Castlevania Three. Oh God, no! And the bosses don't feel like kind of nonsense. No, because they're very pattern based. It's very easy yeah. to suss out what any boss is going to do. Yeah, you know where to stand, know how to move. Like, I don't know, I haven't played the original Castlevania like, in fucking ages, but the v- bosses in that always just kind of felt like damage races. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fair. Okay, that's fair, okay. So then I was like, yeah, so I beat the game normally and then I beat Nightmare Mode, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be really hard, it's gonna be like those old games, and it's like, it's kind of easier. Almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, was kind of disappointed. Yeah, it was <laughs> r- kind of weird. Like, maybe stages, the first couple stages, you can tell how they're harder, but because you have more characters now, it's like, well, it's still kind of easier in the end. Yeah. I thought they just just changed the bosses. Like, they didn't change the stages at all. Maybe. The stages get reworked a tad, but those stages are kind oh, of okay. like, those stages are big, and there's kind of multiple ways yeah. to all of them, which I think is really cool. Yeah, maybe yeah. it's just because I was able to take the different paths that... Stage one and two felt a little different. Mm-hmm. I like how one of the characters is just Alucard. Like, Basically, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so not disguised. Like, he just turns into a bat. Yeah. Like, you know. It's just straight it's, up. Like, this thing makes no bones that it's yeah. bones. Ha <laughs> ha, skeleton. <laughs> it, 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 it makes no bones just... about what it's what it's ripping off. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Konami is just looking at it like, what the fuck? <laughs> you got one character with like the exact same animations as the Belmonts mm-hmm. with the whip and all. 
and then a character. Oh, she's so great. She's so good. I I do like the whole kind of main character switcheroo there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though, so there's other playthroughs that I'm probably not going to do where you can actually just play as the main dude. Kill everybody. Game by killing everybody and absorbing powers from them. Dude, it's real good. It feels real good to get those powers and, and just fucking fly around those stages. It feels so cool. I have no idea what those powers are. It's but. good. Just do it. Just do it. Oh, but his range is so bad. Dude. Like That's the funny thing about the first playthrough is I like never used him. Really? Once I got... I never... You, you have no reason to use him once you get the girl. Nah. I was, I was switching quite a bit. The, the, the one I used the least was the mage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean you like... That's the... Where you... The synchronizing where you use his power and then switch to another yeah, character, yeah. which is so you, good. You cast the fire shield and then you switch to a better character. Yep. <laughs> the fact that it stays is ridiculous. Yeah, I, that I think good. shit like that is smart design, though. It keeps it keeps things fun. I think that that's a really yeah. smart decision. A lot of people might consider that an oversight and too broken, but I think sometimes mm-hmm. you got to have things like that in games that are real fun and kind of broken, and you shouldn't be able yeah. to do it, but you can, and it's cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. the mage's spells are just very powerful. Like yeah. especially that lightning that you can get. The lightning, very, like rarely. The Ooh. ice shard is real yeah, fucking devastating. Nice. They're all wild. It's great. Yeah, but his melee is so oh god, bad. it's so bad. So, yeah, I, I like really like both of the final stages. Mm-hmm. Even though I think I might oh, like god, the yeah. original one a little bit more than. The nightmare mode version. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Because the bats like, are very cool. There's just that intensity of that shit chasing you through the whole level. It's so cool. It's, it's just it's just making a ruckus. It's going crazy. Yeah. You're just like, what is that? But then the other one, you're like, everything's on fire. Yeah, it's <laughs> that was pretty cool. They're too. both real fucking good. They're hype and as then, shit. And then the last boss in nightmare is just anime's happening. Yeah. <sighs> and then. The final part did not glitch out for me. Yeah. So yeah, after that, I was like, oh, I should pl- play some of those older Castlevania games like uh, Rondo and the Genesis one. Rondo holds up. Rondo I holds up. Yeah. I think that I game's get, still real good. Didn't get around to it, though. Mm. <laughs> but I'll talk about it. I think it's really next. cool that there were... I think it's really cool that there were two reinterpretations of Castlevania 3, which were really good this year. <laughs> What's the other one? The the cartoon. Oh, duh. <laughs> I watched the first episode of Castlevania when it first came out. I was like, oh, this seems cool. I'll wait for it to be over. Yeah, it's probably smart. Oh, okay. So I'm going to go ahead and preface this final segment. I'm going to give everybody a chance that wants to just bail here, a chance to go ahead and bail. Mm. Um. If you don't want to hear anything about Deltarune at all, be it because you don't like it or you just kind of want to remain oblivious to it right now, uh, you can go ahead and check out. Like, this is, this is you know, hey, we're the podcast that loves you. We're the only ones that love you. Um, and we'll catch you <laughs> on the next one. Be sure to tune in. We'll probably try to record another one next weekend. Um, we I don't know how long this segment's going to go. Could be 20 minutes. I have minutes. no idea. Could be 20 minutes. Could be an hour. I don't know. I don't think that there's a whole lot to really cover, honestly. But I also I feel, feel like, that... I feel yeah. that with what Deltarune is and how significant of a portion of our audience probably is into the whole Undertale thing, 
it, it's obviously worth talking about at least a bit in depth. So, oh, yeah. so yeah. Um, <laughs> if it, if, it, if this is your chance to bail, you can press stop. You can click out of the browser, <laughs> do all that fun stuff because we are going to start talking Delta Rune in three, two, one point five, one, zero point five, zero point two Okay. <laughs> Wait, are we talking Delta Rune? I thought we were going to talk about Neptunia Rebirth two. Tango Jim and I said we're talking about the sequel to Game of the Year 2015. Oh, well, we can do that. I would probably... I played I... it in anticipation. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, you were just this. busy little bee, huh? <laughs> just saving that surprise. Finally playing a good RPG. I know. About fucking time. <laughs> so, Deltarune. Hmm. Um, where do you even begin? Uh, Toby, guess... Fo- Toby Fox started tweeting like crazy the day before Halloween yeah. about this thing that's coming and like come back in 24 hours. Yeah. Come back in 24 yeah. hours. And like I installed undertale just to make sure, just to see like, Oh, <laughs> is, is he just going to like do some kind of crazy update to hmm. undertale or, or something, but no, it's, uh, we, we found out the next day via another series of very bizarre tweets that, Delta Rune is a thing. It is like an alternate reality fan fiction mm-hmm. kind of. <laughs> but like, you're almost get, jumping ahead a bit. So like, he puts up a file called Delta Rune and it says like survey program. Yeah, it's just a survey program. Yes. And the, the thing that kills me <laughs> is it's only 90 megs. And yeah. like in this <laughs> world and in, in this world of like the big games being like 90 gigs and like most indies being a couple hundred at least. You don't expect much from 90 megs. No. Uh-huh. You definitely don't expect a three-hour game with a 40-track soundtrack. Yeah, <laughs> I thought this, I thought the whole goddamn thing when I started it up was yep. just going to be the survey. I thought, okay, that this is some weird hey. data collection thing. Yeah. I'm no, like, it, it jumps straight from that fucking oh, create your character, answer these questions, it's a survey, to... Uh, at, an entire, basically, it's a full-blown fucking game, but it's yeah. basically a demo for what's coming. But you didn't, you don't know that at the time, and like that. For that's why like spoilers were so important for this, because I think because of what Undertale was and how big that fandom got, the way he was able to get everybody to go in unspoiled on this, I think, was super, super important. Mm-hmm. And I think, mm-hmm. like Twitter, at least for me, I didn't see nothing until I actually got home from work to play it. So yeah, that survey ends, and you're just like, okay, whatever. And then it goes into this town, and you're just like, what is happening? What's going on here? That that ridiculous music, that cheerful music playing, and I'm in my head, I'm like, is this a fucking sequel to the true ending? And I'm still thinking, like, this is just going to be like a ten minute thing, probably, right? It's like a little free epilogue. Yeah. And then it and then it just keeps going. It keeps fucking going. Like I remember looking at the clock (laughs) two hours later, still playing. How the fuck yeah i mean then yeah it's like as it continues and further and further and you're like oh this is this is way more oh there's a new battle system holy shit oh (laughs) like when you see that new battle system you're like okay this is a sequel but it's clearly going to be a demo and it's going to end like any minute now probably yeah like like, and then you keep going and it's like did he just give away the full fucking game yeah and then it starts to loop around to being like is this just an entire standalone free game Mm mm-hmm 
it's nuts. It, the, the whole way that 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 entire like the, the way that he released this is insane that it worked. This shit doesn't yeah. work on the internet. Like everything gets leaked. You hear about everything coming out. It's just fucking yeah. nuts. I mean, that's the advantage of being like a two-person development team. That too, but like I've still seen weird shit happen where shit like that gets out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You tell one friend and they leak Yeah, it. like, like it's Hey, just... did you know Toby's working on something? Like I can see how that would leak super easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know every like journalism place would jump on anything like that. Oh too, yeah. So if there was anything, it would have been brought to light because all eyes are on him there for oh. stuff like that. Yeah, Jetstorm brings up a good point though, is that eight four did a localization for the Japanese version. Yeah. Like day oh and my date God, Jap- you're right. day and date Japanese translation. Like what? And it still didn't leak. Yeah, that's that's how a lot of that shit leaks. It's because yeah. you have to go through the more hands touch it. Yeah. So it's just like a lot of people had their hands on this thing and everybody kept it fucking quiet. Thank God. Oh, that's delicious. That's so crazy. And the, like, you know what? Credit to the fan base uh, a bit too, because they kept yeah. it in. They kept. They were able to keep it in their pants for about twenty four hours. Yeah. Because it specifically yeah. asked people to like not stream it, not talk about it, just play yeah. it. And twenty four hours later, you can talk about it. I yeah. saw almost nothing other than people reacting to this being a thing on that first day. Mm-hmm. I saw a screenshot of Shab. Before I was earnest, mm. but that's as far as I got. <laughs> I know. I oh, I didn't finish it the first time. I was like, oh man, I fucked up because now the gates will be open. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I still didn't actually see anything. Mm-hmm. I got home and just immediately finished it the next day. Yeah, I managed to play the whole thing that first day. It's like, okay, I, yeah. I turned off Twitter actually at lunch. I was like, but, okay, yeah, I I downloaded it and immediately just played through it. Yeah. I didn't cool. turn off Twitter because I was, like, not expecting this to be anything more than a survey. I'm like, because I hadn't even, yeah, right, I hadn't even seen the 24-hour spoiler thing. Like, that does kind of give away that there's something to be spoiled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, the other funny thing about this is, like, it ends, and then it still goes on for, like, another half hour, depending on how much you like talking to characters. Yeah, yeah, that's... Yep. It like, just it's... keeps going. There's so much to this little demo that it's just it's kind yeah. of incredible. It kind of does qualify as its own game, I think. Even it's if long it, enough. Yeah. Even if it functions as just a prequel of sorts to yeah. what Deltarune even is. I mean, I think this gives us yeah. a good idea, but you're still left with billions of questions, of questions that aren't going to be answered for like five years. Uh, that's so... When I so when this came out, I was like, and I finished it. I was like, okay, I get it. Chapter one. So so when's chapter two? Yeah, I was like, is this like an episodic thing or? And yeah. then it's like, yeah. So my thought was that it's going to be an episodic thing, and he's just going to release the episodes for free, and then like immediately after he posted that FAQ, that's like, hey, it's going to be all released together when it's done. Also, this <laughs> is all I have done right now. Yeah. God. And the thing that was super weird to, about that for me is that this this demo and the game in it and the way it was released 
to me, exuded an insane amount of confidence. Good God, yeah. Like, to do all this and just put this out there, this sequel to Undertale, with no one knowing about it, for free, three like, a three-hour-long game, like, damn, the ball's on to do that, you know? Yep, yeah. Like... And then that FAQ he put out felt like the complete opposite yeah there where, was just constant where, just like doubting this yeah was a it's thing so that weird done. yeah it's self-doubt as if this is even ever going to happen or i need to build a team you know like it's such a weird contrast yeah like the product the game seemed so confident and then seeing kind of behind the curtain and like oh he's still super nervous about this but it's like i'm sure he will be able to find people to help oh yeah quite easily <laughs> that will not be a problem so are there like any specific moments of this thing you kind of want to touch on because i don't want to kind of sit here and do an entire walkthrough of it but i think that there is a lot worth talking about uh concerning the 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 entirety of the game itself so i have a question because i never followed up on john with this have either of you tried to do a genocide playthrough you can't no i haven't you can't kill anybody you can't. They That's run the away. Oh. Oh, okay. You can't kill enemies. Your choices yeah. don't cool. matter is a big theme that they throw in your face right at the start. Is that, Good. like, you can't make the choice to kill because everybody just runs away. It's actually programmed to be impossible. Yeah. Excellent. No, no All right, cool. That makes so much sense. I was trying to figure out, like, just that was kind of like a... A dangling thread in my mind, like how is it resolving that? Because there are bosses that are set up so that, like, you can get them into cycles to where you will nearly kill them, and the programming Mm -hmm. makes it so that the stats line up in a way that the boss will just get a mega heal, and just like they will (laughs) heal themselves to the point to where you can get them to a running away threshold, and that's it. Um, Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, I like so that. I think that's a good way of handling that, especially since the your this is very important. Yeah, it's kind of weird though because the end of the main arc in the the dark world does end differently depending on your actions in battle. Yeah, basically, mm-hmm. if no one runs away, you get a different ending. Yeah, which I probably think we all got. Yeah, yeah. So like if the people don't come to your aid at the end, it gets resolved a little differently. Yeah. But it still basically yeah, resolves the same that. way. And then everything after that, you know, in the real world <laughs> doesn't change. And it's interesting to see how good the theming, well, not how good, but like, it's weird to go from a game where choices really matter, like, you know, because a lot of games like Mass Effect and like The Walking Dead and stuff, they always harp on about, oh, your choices matter. And it's always still kind of railroaded to a pretty high degree. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. in Undertale, holy shit, do you do those two playthroughs or the two, you know. They are hugely off. different. <laughs> yeah, I Massively. Troll playthrough where I kill us and then the pacifist run and then the evil root. Yeah. Oh. Very different experiences. They're very different. So it's in, it's almost a little hype deflating to be like, hey, your choices don't matter this time. But I'm also real curious how he works with that, given, you know, the precedent set by Undertale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
it's an interesting reaction, like to Undertale. Yeah. I think to just completely go the other way with it. Yeah, uh, and I think that that's a good way to really test yourself as a storyteller, mm-hmm. or as a game developer. Yeah, and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's a smart decision. I've seen so much speculation over. Oh man! All the endless stuff in this, and like, you know, because like, Flowey and Undertale was basically nothing I do matters. Mm-hmm. Like, just saving and reloading over and over and over. So I mm-hmm. wonder if there's a character in this who also feels that sense of nothing I do matters. You know, my choices don't matter in the end, or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just wondering how this theming is going to tie into kind of the narrative at large. And. You want to talk about that ending? Wow! That stare! Ooh! That everything. That's... Like, I was not... Like, when I got that ending, I was just like, does this end differently? Like, is this the only way this ends? And, like, I had to kind of wait around and start talking to people to to figure out. I was like, oh, okay. Like, this is just how this ends. Like, because, you know, ripping your heart out, throwing it into the cage, and that fucking glare. Just like, Jesus Christ! That grin. That's so good! <laughs> yeah, so Dorker so mentioned in the chat, when your heart gets ripped out and thrown in the cage, you can use the D-pad, or the yep. arrow keys, to keep moving the soul. Yeah! Because that's what you play as. Yeah! Yeah, that's real fucking smart! And you have to think... You have to know there's something really important and something that's going to be real fucking badass when you find out the like the true meaning of all of that. Yeah. <laughs> and like this little things like there's so many little callbacks to Undertale where it's like teasing you like when you look in the mirror I think it says it's just you. It's just you. Yeah. And that's that's such a benign dialogue. That is so weighted if you played the first yeah, game. Yeah. It's crazy. It's real good. Favorite characters? I mean, Susie I mean, kind of has to kind of. I, yeah, I, I yeah, swear right. to God, Susie takes number one here. Like, she yeah. is the main character, straight up. Absolutely. It's her arc, it's her journey. I wonder. I really wonder how that's going to go because I feel like chapter one feels to me like the Lancer arc. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah, for me it's Susie and Lancer. Like, yeah, that's kind they're of both the, the incredible. They're so I, good. I feel like if Lancer kind of doesn't come back in a large part, like kind of like Papyrus doesn't mm-hmm. after his mm-hmm. arc in Undertale. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel there's more to do with Susie, and there's way more to do with Ralsei. Yeah, Ral- like there's definitely that's some shit going on with Ralsei. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't really have a lot yet. So oh. I'm very intrigued. That so anagram, John, huh? John, like two days after it comes out, I just casually say, plus there's the whole Rossay, Rossay, Azriel naming yeah, thing. Yeah. And John just goes, <laughs> oh. oh. Like, I, I, like, I got Deltarune and I got the Rossay. I, like, I picked up on those pretty quickly. I mean, Deltarune was a thing in Undertale. Yeah. Like, it's the name of that symbol that. Like, kind of the royal crest. Yeah, it's the royal crest, but, like, you know, I just saw the name Deltarune, and I was like, okay, this yeah. is tied to Undertale. You know, yeah, not not just because I know that that is an emblem, but I was just like, okay, that's an anagram. And it's an anagram. But, yeah, as soon as I saw Ralsei, I went, oh, Azrael. Yeah. And then, at the very end, he takes the mask off or whatever, and I'm like, oh, huh. Yeah, not what you were expecting. What's the what meaning of that? 
It's literally what about, Hazrael. What about real world Hazrael? Because he's at like college, right? And he's older than you. Yeah. That's why this thing, there's so much. There's so much you can speculate on, like the that whole... fucking door south of town. That's yeah. That's super rad. Super creepy door. Super creepy, creepy door. door. Just wandering around town and talking to everybody. Everybody. There's so much shit. And it's like all these characters that you know from Undertale, but they're seemingly unrelated at all. Mm-hmm. It's really crazy the level of, like... So the whole thing about this now is that it's an alternate universe. Like, it even kind of explicitly said so in that FAQ you put yeah. out. Yeah. But, like, when people were figuring out because based on clues like like what is it what's your name the teacher tutorial uh, Alphys. or oh Alphys. Al- okay. Alphys. okay in yeah. this one she likes mew mew one the best in undertale she likes mew mew two the best yeah. or maybe it's the opposite <laughs> like shit like, like that little it's just like small things that you can pick up on yeah like undyne has both eyes now mm-hmm. and like Two characters that were friends are now enemies. Mm. Like it's it's all little off. Sans and Papyrus have just moved in, and Sans mm. is there with a building that has <laughs> Grillbees scratched out. Yeah, it's that's real <laughs> fucking weird. You befriended your. We got to get John a new mic, or a new internet, or a new internet. <laughs> Alright, now. Sounding better? It's, 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 you keep cutting out, dog. Your yeah, internet sucks. Uh, Alright. That was a bummer. Yep. So, uh, any other thoughts? The ballad music fucking rules. Like, all the fucking yeah. music rules. All the music rules. Like, the ba- the new that, battle system first... is rad. Like, uh, I think that the, the he's still got a ways to go if he kind of wants yeah, to do more game. than just having other characters defend while you act, though. Yeah. Like, I think that that, that system could get a little rote and boring if there's not a little more Zaz added to it. But, like, I also like that there's more real-time dodgy stuff in the field. Mm, yeah. And, uh, I think the attacks are just, like, way more elaborate and cooler, um... Uh, you can graze bullets now for like uh, yeah. a little bit of a bonus, so that's cool. Yeah, I wonder. I almost wonder if the full game, like after this chapter, which probably won't change, like if they just drop act entirely at a point and make it more about actually fighting and using magic and stuff. Because yeah, I like it's, it's, it's. I don't like the FAQ. He mentioned like how fight and act felt kind of like. What's it, like the opposite of cast off, where they're just kind of hanging around, like yeah, use, useless parts. That because the act stuff does seem a little bit. It seems tacked on. Wrote in this one, yeah, because it's all like Ralsei's dialogue is hilarious, but yeah, there's absolutely. only a couple enemies. There's only a couple enemies, and it's just like I don't know. I wasn't feeling like sparing them nearly as much as an Undertale. And yeah, then fighting I, is, you know, fighting is a QT, basically. It's a I would be, button press. I would be totally fine if they wanted to drop act for most everything. And, like, maybe yeah. you could just use act in, like, certain bigger situations and kind yeah. of make the puzzle, you know, make your bosses more puzzly mm-hmm. or something. Make big yeah. story moments focused mm-hmm. on acting. But I would be totally fine if it wanted to go a more traditional yeah. RPG route, which would be 
basically, you know, again, the opposite of Undertale. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I do wonder if he keeps active, there will just start to be fights where you can't through that method. Yeah. Because the whole point is your choices don't matter. And and I guess that it was good that they're both there for the demo because people are going to try. Yeah. They're going to do the pacifist route first and they're going to go back and be like, Oh, huh. Yeah, you're just kind of ingrained to do that now. Yeah. Like, like that was my... Like, I'm not touching that attack button ever. Yeah. And then there's the whole fear of Susie, like, starts whacking enemies, and you're like, no, 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 no! Stop it! I love that, though. Like, the fact that she's completely out of your control, and that she's like, fuck it, I'm gonna kill people. And if you try to make me do stupid shit, I'm gonna go kill them. (laughs) I think that's great. Susie. Flirt. <laughs> yeah, I think the act stuff is funny once you get to command her to do stupid shit, and she's just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, this game definitely is taking a bit more of a harder edge too. I noticed a lot of cursing in this game. Was it? Yeah, there's quite a bit of cursing. Oh, I didn't... kind of surprised me because like Undertale's relatively wholesome. And doesn't yeah. really go. Yeah, but like this one's like, yeah, okay, you're throwing out them words now. All I remember is that there's a guy whose name like spells out or pronounces out to rules card. Yeah, and he just has that one part where you solve the puzzle. God damn it! <laughs> that just tickled, that tickled everyone so much. It was really it's funny. So good. There's it was so. God, there's damn it. so much Big, huge caps. There's so much genuine <laughs> comedy in this mm. game. Like it's legitimately laugh out loud funny. If this is yeah. your style of humor, uh, because it's still going with that very. It, it's got the same tone as Undertale, but I think it's just a lot more honed now, and mm. it's a lot more clever, um, and a lot more deadpan. And I like both of those. I really liked eating the moss in the prison cell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> God, that battle theme goes so hard. Yeah, it does. Oh, man. I want to go best. as hard as that at something in my life. I don't know what. The best Genesis battle theme ever. <laughs> that and Fields of Hopes and Dreams. Mm. Oh. Oh, oh! Right. That last boss fight—it's real good. Yeah, it's real good. It's incredible. Like, like, what else can you really say about this damn I thing? I mean, it's just like, like, it's not going to convert anybody. This is very much for the fans. Like, this is not. This is not. Yeah. I don't think that this is a game that's going to be. Here's my new audience. You know, it's it's still very much. Yeah, it's, it could as well just right now be called Undertale 2. Yeah, yeah. Well, Undertale only had a really niche audience, so that is kind yeah. of a risky move, but, you know, yeah. hopefully it'll pay off. I think it's going to like, do just fine. <laughs> like, I don't think it's trying to build a new audience, though, because, one, it's such a similar thing, and, mm. like, it's building on... What yeah. The, and, like, just... The, Going into this, having played the first game, changes the experience. Yeah. Because when you see Sans, you're like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. And knowing 
all that that character kind of like everything entails. that he entails yeah yeah when you talk to him and you're like hey haven't seen you in a while and or whatever the dialogue is and he's like hmm i've never met you never met and you're you like, oh, fuck. Sure. yeah you just kind of yeah there's you just so immediately much. blow your cover basically so it's like you <laughs> like when you uh yeah. When you really start to metagame this and like mm-hmm. insert yourself as the soul, as a character in this universe who remembers things from Undertale. And I know that that's going weird. to be, that's going to be the crux of what this game yeah. hinges on. Like it's, that seems it's like about it's you. Be... It's about me. Yep. You just Rhett. And Susie. Aww. And Susie. And Mossy. And maybe Puffy no boys. Puffy boys and mean girls. There you go. That duality was very funny because it yes. felt very like programmed to tap into a, into my Twitter. <laughs> That's timeline. literally all like, of Twitter. Boys, mean girls. That's <laughs> literally <laughs> all of Twitter now. Man, it's just, yeah, okay. Yeah. Like I don't game. know, like I don't know what else I can say. Personally. No, it's just a real fucking good thing. It's, it's a real fucking good thing. I'm super excited I, about it. I can't wait to play it in yeah. 2023. Uh, I wonder how long it's going to take. <laughs> going to be a while. Oh, I don't want it to be a while. <laughs> I have a, a feeling, while. just based on you mentioned they're kind of being more cursing on this, mm-hmm. like just everyone's kind of getting the vibe that this might go way darker than Undertale actually did. I would be totally down for that. Like, there's the way it starts with the bullying scene, and then... (laughs) I mean, I kind of want to talk about Susie versus Lancer. Go for it. Because holy fucking shit, that's like the tensest I've gotten at a game. Yeah. Like, that scene, like, Man, when when Susie goes all in, she's legit terrifying. Yeah. And you're like, man, he has a lot of HP. Yeah. And you really think she's going to fucking kill him. Yeah. Like, like, I'm really, really sad. Yeah, it's like, I don't want this to happen. This would be bad. But your choices don't matter. Your choices don't matter. (laughs) Not your story. That that part is just heart-rending. Yep. But they they, they bring it on back. They bring it on back. I know. You get your happy ending, sort of. For now. For now. For now. You mean you get your happy moment up until the last thirty seconds? <laughs> oh man! <sighs> so yeah, like yeah, this is probably going to be game of the year when it comes out, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm. I'm just so. I don't know what to make of this, honestly. Like, yeah, like, like I've had three weeks to think about this, and yeah, I've still but, just kind of in a mode of like. I know that this is a great thing, but I don't yeah. want to like, I don't want to like, I'm not going to be that person that gets so attached to it that I need to hear about it every day either. No. Like, I can't no. do that. Like, I don't want to be that part of the audience because I think yeah. that they're insufferable. It's just like, stop. You can't know this shit right now. It's not made. Please stop. I fell down the speculation hole for like three days and was like, okay, I'm good. Yeah, I stayed yeah, but, like, you do fuck that away. I speculated in my head for probably a half hour, and then I'm like, okay, I I can't do this. This is not Holly, gonna... there's there's one theory I have to show you later that is in-fucking-sane because of how well all the evidence holds up. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a look. Hopefully, yeah. it's, hopefully it's better than Squall was dead the whole time. Yeah. 
it's better than that. I, I don't know, though, because my first time playing through this, because of how it was released, I was like, man, this keeps going, huh? And, like, in a weird way, I feel like my least favorite parts of it are when it's doing explicit Undertale yes. callbacks. Yeah. And that's super weird. <laughs> I I think that that, like... I don't know. I think that that says a lot about kind of, like, what you expect, you know, from somebody of this caliber mm. who has already turned out one amazing piece of work. I think that you yeah. would expect them to, what, to go beyond that instead of just, yeah. like, mm. doing the very easy kind of Undertale 2 they could do. This clearly is not that, even though it's got those moments in there that call back and... yeah. I don't think that they're egregious or distasteful. It's just those weren't the moments that stuck with me. But I almost yeah, think, now that I've had some time, Susie and Lancer and the and yeah, I'll say like that's, yeah, the that's dark part is the best the part, obviously. Yeah, but I'm almost thinking about now that I've had kind of time to kind of digest it. I'm just like, like the whole town section at the end is like kind of purposely uncomfortable, maybe. Yes, where it's like, oh, you get to see all your favorite characters again, but they're a little bit off. Yep, you know. Yep. So like. Mm-hmm. That it's is such an intentional the fact that you move. Played the first game to kind of have this weird connection, sense of unknowing. Yeah, where it's familiar but unfamiliar, and there's stuff like they're living outside, and there's that weird bunker at the bottom of town. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. and, yeah. everyone goes and, to church. And I had one friend who is like weirded out by that. It's funny. Yeah, and Alphys is in a trash can. I guess that's <laughs> yeah. <same>. Poor Alphys. <laughs> It's familiar. Yeah, it seemed like she was doing great, but not too familiar. But not not too familiar. Hey, the go. weird thing is that when I first started playing it, I was like, "Oh, this is a sequel to the the pacifist ending," mm-hmm. and then I didn't finish it the first night. And I'm at work the next day thinking about it, and I'm like, "Wait, was was Chris wearing the Chara colors? Oh fuck! Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah." I'm like, "Wait." Maybe it's not a sequel. Maybe it's an alternate universe. And I got home and immediately was like, "Oh yeah, shit! I was totally wrong." Well, like they like if that's where you stop, that's the impression you get is that this is kind of just leapfrogging off of the end, yeah. you know, the pacifist ending. But yeah, because it's the intro. Very what? So brief. It's very and deliberate. As a teacher, yeah, it's very deliberate. Mm-hmm. Except for the colors the main character is wearing, which again could have been a red herring yeah like, it's a diff- it's a different shirt what are you thinking about it so much for yeah but yeah it definitely seems to intentionally give you that first impression of where it takes place and then you realize yeah it's that it's that visit back to town that is throwing me so much because like the whole dark world thing is so self-contained right now yeah mm-hmm. and then you have that little half hour epilogue that i'm just just not sure what to make of it's it. It's just it's just throwing you into this room and nothing but your most uncomfortable memories are in there and you have to stew yeah. in them for the next hour and a oh. half. It's like, ugh! Yeah, it's it's it purposefully uncomfortable. Like, it's very confident. It knows what it's doing every step of the way. There's nothing about this thing that feels unsure. Except mm-hmm. the battle system. <laughs> Except the battle system, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah, I think that's that that's pretty good. Um, any final thoughts, John? Um, I just thought like this was a self-contained a lot. A big part of it was the self-contained journey with mm-hmm. Ralsei and Susie and Lancer, 
And those are all new characters, and we are introduced to them and then understand them completely, basically, and they go on this journey, and it's very emotionally satisfying. Yeah. And like I was just kind of drawing that back to my experience with Trails and a number of other games where I'm like, this is, this is just really what I want. Yeah. <laughs> like, even beyond all the Undertale connections, just like having that just very strong writing is something that I really care a lot about now. Strong writing. And I was really and like, enjoying that. Characters that can feel like more than characters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you get to... Like these characters, like they're written, they feel from experience, much like I feel that a lot of the Trails characters are in that they feel human. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're very warm. Like you can, mm-hmm. you could think of, you could probably think of somebody you know like that person. You know, like there are a lot of moments like that, uh, even with all the goofiness. And I think that that's a really important uh, to making really good stories. Uh, like, th- if you're going to impress me, it's going to take a lot these days. <laughs> Let's just say that. Because <laughs> Trails. Exactly. Like, Trails has colored my opinion on a lot of things, and uh, it's made some things a little harder to enjoy these days. Mm. But then that extra bit when with something like Deltarune, where I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, this is the good shit. When you get that <laughs> shot of <laughs> dopamine me, again, put this in my veins. You get that kick in the brain. You get the dopamine going again. It's like, yep, this feels good. All right, so I guess that's that's Deltarune. We'll probably not hear more about huh. this for a long time. Uh, at least I hope that. Yep. Like I hope that. Like if you're gonna make it, just keep your nose to the grindstone, grind it mm-hmm. out. Like I think that. This like this is a creator I'm more than confident has the capability oh, yeah. to pull off this vision. Um, I'm ready for yep. this ride, but I can be patient. I'm fine waiting. You know, Deltarune coming to early access this fall. Oh God, fuck off! <laughs> it's early access, but it only will ever have one update. So we're in out. Al- we're in we're alpha now, in alpha. now, and then and then we're gonna skip straight to release. Yeah. All right. <laughs> So that is our Deltarune portion. Uh, I want to thank everybody for coming out for the second half of the episode uh, <laughs> and joining us again. We'll probably be back here again next week. We'll probably do another quickie episode because um, we've all been up to other stuff. But uh, to pile all that on to all of the shit that we had to cover tonight, like we're already looking at a four hour episode just because of this. <laughs> uh, so get your game of the year stuff. Uh, all taken care of um, all of that Uh, thank you guys also for the subs the bits all that fun stuff anything you did to support is always appreciated John Thire where can we find you faraway.times.itch.io I forgot your name Rhett you're Rhett that's right oh my god holy shit I kept (laughs) wanting to say your real name for some uh, reason, and uh, I, ca- I I caught myself like six times there in a span of about five seconds. Like, don't say that name. Don't say that name. Don't say that name. <laughs> I wouldn't be mad if you said that. I'd be a little surprised though. Yeah, well, it would have been weird to me. It was like it's weirder that I like. Why did I blank on Rhett? <laughs> okay, this is somebody I've known for eighteen I fucking know. years. How did I blank on Rhett? Holly Rhett and Chronomaniac here. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> 
and I don't know who the fuck I am. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll catch you next time. And remember, we're the podcast that loves you. We are the only ones that love you. <laughs>